Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the hosts of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. What's up? What's up, everybody? It is Wide Men Can't Jump. We are back to talk more hoops. It is myself, and actually tonight, the original cast of characters is back. It is myself and Mr. T.R. Shock himself, Tom Robinson. We are in the house. What's up, T.R.? Are you a sissy? <laughs> I don't even know if that came out right. Or, uh, I just you pulled that out of my ass at the last. There you go. <laughs> I just pulled that out of my ass because uh, I, I forgot what my opener was. It's been so long. Dummy. Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, you, you just reminded me of something. I'm glad you always kept that one. I still, that's about the only thing I like about Eli Drake anymore, but uh, I still like that. But there's another one that I got from the Larry <laughs> Larry David show. Uh, what oh, yeah. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb Your Enthusiasm, rather. It, yeah. I saved it to my phone. Somebody, uh, I, I can't do him, but I'll, I'll get it to you so you can use it. It's great. I'll tell you off air. All right, well, I'm looking forward to that, but it has been a hot minute since TR and I have actually hosted the show together, and we want to thank our our Canadian asshole friend, Tim Dombrova, for, for stepping in. Tim, I love you. Uh, for stepping in and filling in for TR the past few episodes. Hey, man, life takes over, and we get that. It's a you know, life thing, and but we're glad Tim was able to step in. That's why there's three of us, so the show will go on. It's the free bird and the new day hosting rule where any two can defend the title. And uh, the other, the last, was it the last show or the show before that uh, you went solo with uh, John McAdam and Lou, I believe. Oh, that was uh, Sunday night on the college football preview show. Yeah, I went uh, solo with John McAdam. We were joined by caller Lou. And we talked college football for about an hour and a half, and uh, we we had a good time. I I really enjoyed that. Uh, Hopefully we can get John back on soon. We'll talk a little more football as the season rolls on. We hope to have a uh, Pick'em show be up that will be available through Patreon. So if you're looking for the picks of the week, uh, we're going to set up a Patreon account, and we're going to have you guys – come and get these picks. It'll cost you, I think, what are we going to charge, like a dollar? And you get a whole show of picks to where you can make hundreds. What's a dollar? Because you and t- you're going to be doing the picks. Am I correct on that? Well, let's not let's not reveal yet uh, exactly. But uh, until we get it fully set up, I was thinking more. The picks are so goddamn accurate. Maybe a hundred to join, but I guess a dollar is reasonable. <laughs> well, we start out small, and the more they win, the more you, you know how it is. I know yeah. by week I know this I know we'll jump to the NBA in one second but a, a little short plug I know by week 4 
you'll all have picked some stupid team that you love that didn't come to play in the early season, gets blown out by a dickhead team, you'll owe some guy your couch, and you'll need a bailout. So if you don't come week one, you can come by two, three, four. We'll take care of you. Yeah, you and uh, Tim went picking last year on your uh, pick'em page you had for a while, and you guys both had a great record uh, for your picks. It was like some ridiculous percentage that I couldn't even believe. And I was like, man, how are they picking that? Yeah, it, it was uh, overall it was a money maker, especially Tim with NHL. But uh, we'll yeah, he was money on NHL. He was money on NHL. That's for sure. I'm actually going to uh, cut down on the humor and get into, like, some serious plays this year. So, yeah, we hope to have that take off. Uh, sorry to take our little NBA time. It's first no, time. No, 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 no. We, we, like, to, we like to give the people an update. It's the off season for the NBA, so nobody's expecting, you know, a super NBA show here. You know, we don't have a, a lot to work with. But uh, we're still going to give you two hours of programming, and we've got a couple of great guests lined up. Uh, if we had talked to Jeff Garcia, our Spurs guy, he was supposed to join us, unfortunately got with me just before the show went on the air. He will not be with us this week. He will be joining us next week. Uh, he had a situation come up he could not avoid. So Jeff Garcia, Spurs expert, will be with us next week. So we're going to hold off on our Manu Ginobili retirement talk as well as try to avoid all uh, Spurs talk until we can talk with Jeff next week. Does that sound good to you, TR? Yeah, but I just false advertised. I told people we we had Spurs talk, but uh, we can fill it up. Well, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, – we're going to go back and finish up our off-season talk that we did last week we started. Seemed to be a pretty good hit. A lot of people enjoyed that. We're going to finish good off-season, bad off-season. We'll pick up with the L.A. Clippers. So there'll be a little Spurs talk there. We're going to have to talk Spurs. But uh, we had some great guests that I uh, was able to speak to earlier. Learned a couple things from them. We'll get to them in a little while. But, uh, T.R., what's going on since we usually start with you? It's been a minute since you've been on here. You talked Sixers with Tim a few weeks back. What's going on up there in Philly as of today? Has it been quiet on the on the Eastern Conference front? Well, if anybody is gainfully employed by the Philadelphia 76ers and can afford it, they are not here right now because we are in the middle of a fucking heat wave. If you hear anything in the background, it's because anything that blows I have on me at the at the moment just to get through this. It's hey, uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, quite humid. Heat index is like 110 or some shit, and it was supposed to go away tonight and. Now it's back stretching till tomorrow night or some shit. I don't know, but uh, kind of a blessing in disguise that uh, I didn't have to work tonight in a weird way. But I won't be happy payday. Oh, well, uh, basketball, basketball. Oh yes, yes, basketball. That crazy. <laughs> I thing. heard you two fuckers. I heard you two fuckers talking about how I uh, I end up on different subjects. Uh, no, that was an not example. A, you can't prove it. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, there was there was just a glaring example. The Philadelphia 76ers, ladies and gentlemen. The uh they just picked somebody up today. Uh I, who the hell was it? It's some Jay Brown that, that was he was all right in college 2015 draft pick, uh G League two-way player. God, you could probably find it if you're near a uh computer. They literally uh they 
they picked from the scrap heap. You know, they uh, Brett Brown alluded to being in the LeBron James Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Anthony you know, Brown. Big game hunting. Anthony Brown. Yeah, that's going to bring us a fucking ring. You dummies. Stupid fucking team. <laughs> I fucking hate the. They're so fucking stupid. Uh, God. Uh, and what's worse is fan base is that they don't keep it real. I, I don't know what they're going to say this year without the process and J.J. Reddick, you know, celebrating his 49th birthday today, I believe. Uh, going to be their sharpshooter and their leading scorer. <laughs> Fucking, it's the team I live and die for, so don't get it twisted, you dumb fucks. I want them to win. I actually worked for them for a year. And I remember as a kid, the Dr. J and the Moses Malone and the Mo Cheeks and the Fo 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 and the Charles Barkley era, the Allen Iverson era. I, I love this team. I love Ben Simmons' talent. I just don't like his choices. It's lack thereof, uh, meaning shooting when you're a foot from the fucking basket. Um, I don't like Joel Embiid's choices with his uh, out-of-hoop activities. And I've never liked Markel Fultz's talent, and that proved itself when everybody got on me last year, except you and maybe like two others, that believed that he would be a bust. And uh, not that I said Jason Tatum would be the player that he turned out to be, but I certainly said he was better than Fultz. And I was angry as hell, wherever you want to look, that he would be better, and I was angry at that trade. Um, I saw something recently on ESPN that has them rated the fifth most likely to win the NBA title at 9%. Are you fucking kidding me? What? Who? How? Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are and ninety-year-old Reddick and fucking uh, the guy you just said—I forget his fucking name already. Anthony Brown, right? Yeah, nine uh, percent to win the title. Fifth, fifth, fifth best team in the NBA. Uh, I don't know if I can go there. <laughs> well, there's people here that 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 believe it. Um, and they're the same people that the Eagles are going to repeat too, which is just wonderful logic, man. I I, I love the teams probably more than they do because I, I look at it realistically and I want the best way to try to get that championship Yeah, uh, for all four of our teams. And it's just, man, Kool-Aid, cool. I mean, I think it was Paul Heyman. Uh, he couldn't have started it, but he definitely, with the new era of people, he he made his promotion here in Philadelphia, and they were Kool-Aid drinkers, the workers themselves and everybody else. Yeah. They just listened to what he said and, you know, trust the process. Where's the ring? Um, <laughs> where's the second round of the playoffs that, you know? Played a fucking terrible Miami team and then played a real team. Couldn't get a win except for through the heart of one TJ, Timothy John McConnell, who is uh, who I'm eagerly awaiting seeing because he does play his ass off. And uh, Dario Saric I'm, I'm interested in seeing. And, you know, the heavily hyped dudes I'm not that into. So I guess I'm miserable. I guess it was Golden State has like a 40-some-odd chance, 50% chance or something. <laughs> but say but it was 40%, Golden State. that's low. That's low for Golden State. 
It was it was high, but it wasn't like ninety or nothing. I had to keep a, out of a hundred percent deal. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, I guess factor and injuries can happen and whatever. Uh, I think it was Golden State and Houston, obviously. At Boston, yeah. Right? And and Houston, and Houston. I can't think of who was above the Sixers. I can't think of that one team that's that's escaping. Toronto. Uh, no, they weren't up there. Los Angeles. Um, I believe we were ahead of the fucking Lakers too, which is mind-boggling. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City. I'm thinking possibly Oklahoma City because I was, I was, I know they were on the list, and I was happy that like they got some credit for keeping that team together and adding Schroeder and uh, they got somebody good in the draft, right? I, I, I seem to forget these things. Uh, not really. They got like the only picks they had were a 53rd and 56, so nothing major coming out of the draft for Oklahoma City. Um, let me look here. We'll go ahead and take a look at the odds. Um, this was ESPN's uh, percentage. This is different than the odds, but it's probably similar. Well, uh, I'm going to take a look here. Uh, Sports Illustrated. Um, let me take a look at the odds here. Here are the odds to win the Eastern Conference Finals. Are you ready for this? So, mm, uh, I'm, I'm sure we're up there. And uh, should we start at the bottom or, and work our way up? Should we start at the bottom and work our way up, or should we start at the top and work our way down? Well, I know that Atlanta's on the bottom, or at least near the bottom, and I, I know that Boston's on top. Without well, even Atlanta, looking. we're looking at Atlanta at 400 to one. We're looking at Brooklyn right. at 400 to one. Yeah. Orlando makes sense at two at two hundred to one. They're uh, not going to win at all, but that's uh, that's long odds for them. They're going to be better. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers apparently Sports Illustrated agrees with me two hundred to one. The bottom Charlotte four. Hornets bottom four. What I tell you? What I tell you? <laughs> the Charlotte uh, Hornets at a hundred to one. The New York Knicks at a hundred to one. The Chicago Bulls at a hundred to one. Uh, I'm going to stop for a second. I'm stunned that the New York Knicks are getting 100-to-1 odds over the Cleveland Cavaliers to win the Eastern Conference Finals. The Cavs are getting 200-to-1. New York's getting 100-to-1. I think the Cleveland may – I think Orlando's going to be better than Cleveland and New York this season. <laughs> That's just me. Uh, I like I like Orlando to improve. Um, I don't think they're making the playoffs, but I think they're going to be better than hard, Cleveland it's hard for you. than New York. It's hard for me now because you got the Cleveland's going to drop to the bottom four in my brain when I didn't think of who was in the East and I kind of disputed your claim. But, uh, you know, I'm a big Mitch Robinson, Mark, and I'm a big uh, um, Kevin Knox. Knox, Mark, and I'm an even bigger Coach Fizz, Mark. And uh, I, I think he's got the temperament – they got a good, uh, you know, assuming that Porzingis comes back before 2075, uh, they got, they're pretty set up. You know what I mean? They're, they're pretty set up down low. Um, they, uh, they still yeah, got but Canada, it's a, don't they? Uh, yeah, but it, in the modern NBA, big guys. I mean, they're a dime a dozen. I mean, it's just, it's me. Like nowadays, you've got to have a dominant. You have to have a a sh- good shooting back uh, 
uh, backcourt. You have to. Otherwise, you're doomed. And they have Frank Nitticolina. They have Kevin Knox. They have uh, Courtney Lee, maybe, I think. I can't even tell you who's yeah, on their damn another, team. They're awful. He's, an, he's another uh, addition. Yeah, he's not that bad. Um, they're, uh, yeah, I think it'll take them two bad. years. But yeah, uh, you're right. You're right, though. About, uh, 101 is about about right. Uh, uh, as far as the defending three-time uh, Eastern Conference winner being lower yeah. than them, I guess that is something to raise questions about. That's a little That's a little suspicious. Uh, Chicago Bulls, 100 to 1. Dude, I'm telling you, Bulls are going to shock people this year. I really think so. Um, if they get chemistry, you, they got the talent. You, if they stay healthy and they can put it together, yeah, you'll you'll hear a little. You'll hear some questionable on the the interviews that I had earlier. You're going to hear some some shocked people. But uh, Detroit Pistons and Miami Heat at fifty to one. The Pacers, Wizards, and Bucks all at twenty five to one. The Toronto Raptors Pacer, are eight. Pacers, Wizards, and Bucks. Pacers, Wizards, and Bucks. Let me process that. I dropped the Wizards out of that group and probably put the Bucks in pay. Is this just to win the East or the whole thing? This is just to win the East. Oh, fuck, man. I, I, I might drop a little something on the Pacers or Bucks. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if the Pacers or the Bucks could come out of the East because the Bucks are improved. We're, we're going to talk about offseason improvement here in a little bit. We talked about the Pacers' improvements last week, adding Kylo Quinn, adding uh, Doug McDermott, adding um, the other free agent um, who I just talked about, Tyreek Evans, um, adding him as well, and getting Aaron Holiday, Holiday. pick. I mean, we talked yeah, about all that. Well, good, you'll man. hear a little more about that when Scott Agnes, uh, you hear my talk with him. We talk a lot about the Pacers. Right on. Uh, the Wizards, eh, not so – I think they'll be better, nah. but not much better. Um, I think uh, another bold prediction for me, Otto Porter Jr. gets moved before the trade deadline. Calling that. Porter Jr.'s gone, which I thought he'd get traded in the offseason. So, I'm just – I think he's got to go before the Wizards can be successful. Uh, Toronto Raptors, 8-1 to one odds to win the East. Uh, then you, the you Philadelphia- can take that and wipe your ass with that, but go ahead. <laughs> the Philadelphia 76ers, 2-1 to one odds to win the East. You can completely wipe your ass with that as well. <laughs> and then the Boston uh, Celtics, uh, the top odds to win the East at 5-8. to eight. Barring injury, that's a lock. Uh, the Bucks took them to 7. Freak Freak is going to continue to improve. Pacers are improved. Fucking Kawhi Leonard doesn't even know what country he's in. It'll take him at least till the All Star break to realize where he's at. His fucking uncle will tell him uh, that he's in Canada. He'll be like, "Oh, is this where uh, the, the Leaning Tower is?" No, nah, nah, dude. Just keep playing. Keep working. I got all your money. I got all your decisions. You'll be in LA next year. Don't worry about it. Just suit up. Just well, we're looking sword. at the we'll look at the West real quick. Uh, the worst odds to win the to win any conference belong to the Sacramento Kings, six hundred to one to win the West. Whew. man, I got all, all that all them young gunslingers and uh, Giles is uh, back from injury. Uh, 
yeah. uh, high school prodigy that came, you know, had battled his way back into the forefront. And, yeah. And they just took, they took Bagley. I mean, it's going to take them a while. I guess that's good odds for, yeah, I guess so. With, yeah. But I don't know. I don't think they're going to be as bad as they've been. 600 to one. I don't think they're that bad. Uh, yeah. Phoenix Suns, 300 to one to win the, the West. And the Memphis Grizzlies, 300 to one to win the West. Uh, the Clippers, 200 to one to win. The, and this is surprising. The Dallas Mavericks, 125 to one. And you know who else is at one? And there two other teams at 125 to one to win the West? I don't know. The Minnesota Timberwolves and the Denver Nuggets. Wow. The addition of Doncic and uh, DeAndre off the top of my head yeah. has propelled those lowly Mavericks into Apparently. the stratosphere of your squad. I, I don't They're agree with functional that. Functional T-Wolves. <laughs> yeah, they are dysfunctional, yeah. but the the one that I'm going to really disagree with is the Nuggets. I, 125 to 1. If it wasn't for the Warriors, I'd almost take that that bet. That's that's good odds on that. That's just me though. Um, the Pelicans are sixty to one, as are the Blazers at sixty to one. The Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs are fifty to one. The Oklahoma City Thunder are forty to one. <laughs> here's here's where I'm scratching my head. The Houston Rockets fifteen to four. Uh, odds to win the West. The Los Angeles Lake, the Los Angeles Lakers are seven to two odds at winning the West. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and call this. <laughs> All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here we go. The Los Angeles Lakers at seven to two. Give me just a second here. That's Bush. Bush League. You hear me? I mean, that, that is Bush League. That's Bush League. Uh, you just won all three segments of Bush League at seven to two on the Los Angeles Lakers. Holy shit! What are you drinking? If you honestly believe that the Los Angeles Lakers are the second best team in the West, kiss my ass. I've got some lakefront property out in Kansas to sell you. If you honestly believe that, holy shit! They're gonna put. Apparently, they're gonna put um, Zion Williamson into Brandon Ingram's skinny body and say he worked out with LeBron in the summer. Apparently, um, not that not that that would even justify the seven to two, but uh, uh, you know, to be my math's not really well, but that's very similar to fifteen to four. If it were yeah. uh, what fourteen to four, they would both be seven to two. So they are slightly uh, rated higher yeah. than the Rockets. Yeah, if if they were uh, fourteen to four, if they were fourteen to four, then yeah, they would be both at seven to two. Odds on that, like I mean, sixteen to four is a four and one shot. So basically, what you're trying to tell me is that the Lakers have just a little bit better. They're basically you're looking at three and a half to one odds at winning the champ, winning the West. Kiss my ass. There ain't no way. Uh, I I, do, I totally disagree with the odds. I'm 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 a hundred percent with you on that. Uh, guess the logic is that, you know, for gambling purposes, people bet on stars. And secondly, that maybe they'll get that fucking idiot Kawhi out of Canada when he refuses to play or something. 
I guess they're factoring a lot of ifs. But That's a lot of ifs. Current, yeah, the, the current uh, L.A. Lakers have the best player in the game, but he is uh, J.J. Reddick's age, legit. Not 49. I was uh, obviously joking earlier, but I don't know. <laughs> how long How long is that sound of youth going to last? And, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see. But that sounds very, very low. Odds well, then we're looking at the Golden State Warriors, who have a four to nine odds winning the West, and that sounds more realistic. Yeah. Um, quick look at the top the top teams to win the NBA title: Golden State's going off at four to seven to win the NBA title, Boston at nine to two, LA at five to one. Madness, madness! Five to one odds to win the championship. Uh, Houston Rockets thirteen to two, Philly at fourteen to one. The Thunder are. Assholes are still in the top five everywhere. Yeah, they are. Ugh. And the Raptors are at sixty to one. The Thunder at sixty to one. The Spurs and Jazz at eighty to one. So there you go. There's your top. Your Bucks that we were talking about. A hundred to one odds to win the title. My Wolves two hundred to one odds. Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta, Sacramento, and Brooklyn one thousand to one odds to win the NBA title. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't it's, take them combined if you combine their best players. <laughs> it, it's almost worth putting a dollar down to make a grand on, though. It's like, add eh, a buck. If they win, I win a yeah, grand. Yeah, everybody fucking dies in a plane crash for, at the All-Star game or something. Yeah, I shouldn't say that, but, you know, fuck it, I said it. So you're saying there's a chance. Oh, <laughs> well, that's the only way. <laughs> yep, Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for getting that. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> real quick, boy, she was uh, she was hot during that during that period. That that chick, whatever her name is. I'll um. The he ended up marrying Mary Swanson. Her. Yeah, Mary Swanson? he ended up marrying her for a little while. Yeah. Well, he was he, he has gone nuts. <laughs> but we'll oh yeah, talk he's about fucking. That. We'll talk about that later. Um, but we're talking about you talk about the Eastern Conference. There's a lot going on out there, a lot of improved teams. So, TR, I sat down with Nick uh, – no, excuse me. I sat down with Scott Agnes from The Athletic to talk about the Indiana Pacers. We can go ahead and uh, we'll start with that, take a listen to talk about the Pacers since we're both really high on them this season. Sound good to you? Yeah, I'm interested in listening because I was busy earlier. All right, well, let's take a listen to my conversation with Scott Agnes. We'll be back on the other side. Joining me now is Scott Agnes from The Athletic in Indiana. He's also a Pacers podcast host. He's our Pacers reporter. Scott, what's going on, man? Hey, Nate, nothing better than getting a little pro-am hoops here in the summer. So right now I'm actually watching the likes of Lance Stevenson, Jeff, and Marcus Teague, uh, and Trey Lyles. So lots going on. I'm trying to get my basketball fixed while we wait for the NBA season. No, I got you. I got you. So, uh, uh, well, before we dive into the, the Pacers, what's, uh, what's the pro-am, you know, what's it for, what's going on out there? Yeah, so actually the Teague family, Jeff and Marcus Teague, are indie products. And last summer, 
they launched this, their own facility. So it's a three-gym facility, and it's more than just basketball. There's volleyball. There's uh, indoor, indoor turf for training, uh, weight room. And so just during the summer, this is an NBA-approved, NBA-sanctioned pro-am. So there's a lot of guys from Indy that not only made it to the NBA but are high-level or were at least high-level college guys. So this is a good opportunity for them to get some run-in during the summer. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, neat event uh, to have out there. I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, as a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, it's always good to see Jeff Teague out on the court, so I'm happy with that. But, um, you know, the Indiana Pacers last season, I think, finished better than what most of the, quote, experts would have predicted. I know I didn't predict them finishing uh, as well as they did. They took the Cavs to seven last season. Um just talking last season only, what do you think was the, the key to them not being able to overcome the Cleveland Cavaliers? Was it just LeBron James, or was it more something on their end? I was going to say, but... this is not... I was say, Nate, this won't take a lot of time. His name's LeBron James. That's it. Ah, when you have understand. the best player in the world, that is too much to overcome when you don't have, say, three or four all-stars or all-NBA talents like the Warriors do on their team. It's as simple yeah. as that. Well, he was phenomenal in Game 7, but I think the Pacers opened a lot of eyes by being able to take that Cavs team to seven games and came pretty close to uh, to beating them. It was just when it goes to seven, it's hard to bet against LeBron. But, uh, you know, last season the Pacers, I thought, were a good team. Then we move and progress into the off season, and the Pacers, um, they entered draft night. And, you know, I didn't expect much out of them during the draft. However, um, Indiana was able to really um, – they were able to get a feel, I thought, when they grabbed Aaron Holiday in the first round with the 23rd pick. Uh, do you think they got good value with Holiday, and how's he looking so far as he's getting ready for the upcoming season in Indiana? Yeah, I think they did really well for themselves. The fact that you were able to get a guy that by all accounts was a late lottery type guy. He was expecting to go from anywhere from 12 to 17. His old, uh, middle brother, talking about Drew Holiday, who everyone knows from New Orleans, he went 17. So being the competitor in the family, it was Aaron Holiday's goal to beat Drew Holiday and get drafted ahead of him. That was not the case. And so when he fell to 23, Pacers happily jumped on that pick and were able to get him. If, if he can be a rotation guy long-term. If he can be your starter or backup point guard, that is exceptional value at that 23rd position because it's a toss-up generally, those late 20s. You got guys that are out of the league. You got fringe guys. Very rarely do you get a key rotational piece, and that's what they hope they have, the Pacers and Aaron Holiday, for years to come. And right now, in the short term, going into this next season, they have two point guards that are entering the final year of their contract. Darren Collison, Corey Joseph, very good point guard within the NBA, but the final year of their deal, I think they're hoping clearly that Aaron will be able to take one of those two spots come next summer into his sophomore campaign. Well, and the fact that he, he shot the lights out in college doesn't hurt either, and that's a something that you're going to need in the modern NBA is a guy who can shoot the three, and if Holiday picks up where he left off, uh, then there should be no shortage of threes coming from him at the pro level. I really thought they got a great deal there with him. Yeah, and the stat that jumps out to me, and especially those of us in Indy, was Aaron was the first UCLA player to lead the Pac-12 in scoring since Reggie Miller. And so that's one pacer to the next. 
and especially two Bruins right there. He was so solid just at both ends of the floor, too. A little bit undersized, I think, at the NBA level at that point guard spot, but he makes up for it with his tenacity, with his pestiness. He just irritates the, the offensive player, and so that's what the Pacers are hoping on from him. And then, yeah, you mentioned his, his offensive game. We know he can shoot the lights out better than 45% from three range, at least at the collegiate level. Of course, the three-point line's a little further back, and that takes a little bit for every player, especially those from overseas, to adapt to. Um, but I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about the type of NBA player that he can become. Yeah, I, I think he, I think he was a good, a good pick there. I really like that. And then um, you add on top of that, he's got an NBA family, an NBA pedigree, so it's not like he's foreign to the game. He knows the league. And my co-host and I had talked about maybe he was uh, the Holiday Brothers were one of the first sets. Uh, probably not the first. I think the Plumley brothers beat them to it. But the Holidays have three brothers all playing in the NBA at the same time, and that's that's really really unprecedented uh, that that could happen. And yeah, you Aaron got the Holiday, Barry family as well. Yeah, the, the Barry. The joke too. I always tell people, uh, I even wrote in my story about Aaron Holiday at the Athletic, was uh, and because he was a UCLA product, we hear the LeVar Ball say, hey, all my sons are going to make it to the NBA. Just wait. Well, the Holiday family actually did. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't have to wait. <laughs> they already did it. Uh, but, man, uh, <laughs> the Pacers also had a really good offseason. If not, maybe other than the Lakers and Warriors, maybe the best offseason of anybody. Um, really no key losses. Uh, and they bring in a guy like Kylo Quinn, who I think is undervalued coming from New York. He's a, uh, he's a good four position player, can even play the undersized five. They're able to sign Tyreek Evans, who shot the ball wonderfully last year. Really got a good deal on him as well. And those two players are two guys who we really need to look at for the Pacers of how they're going to make that roster even better than what it was a year ago. What What are your thoughts on those two guys coming in? Yeah, I like what they did. I'll be curious. The biggest question marks around Doug McDermott, primarily because he was the only one of those three to get a multi-year deal. They're betting on him, giving him substantial money at three years. And thus far, he's kind of unproven still to this point within the NBA. He had a short-term success down with Dallas, but that was minimal games. I think we're talking about a 23-game sample. So it may continue within the Pacers system, um, but that's to be determined. I, I think Tyreek Evans was very good value. $12 million just one year. He's on a prove-it type of contract, obviously, like most around the NBA that wants to get paid big time next summer. But we just had a situation right this, this past offseason where there wasn't a ton of money given out. So as a result of that, if you weren't a max guy getting any kind of substantial long-term deal. And then Kyle O'Quinn, I think, number one, he's a, a tremendous locker room guy. Right away, Kevin Pritchard and Nathan Millen tell me they expect him to be their fifth big, which is interesting because it means they're planning on T.J. Leaf being the backup at that four spot. I think still he has a lot to prove. He's still a little bit raw primarily within his size. He's got to fill out his body a little bit. Outstanding offensive player. Right now, just a mediocre defensive player. So we need to see TJ improve. But I, I think Kyle's going to be a guy when you play more physical teams, you can throw him in at that center spot. He's a vocal leader, a good guy to have in your locker room. And he kind of fills a role previously held by 
veteran Damian Wilkins or at the end of last year, Trevor Booker? Well, one guy, you mentioned Trevor Booker. He was a good addition last season as well. And um, then another guy that I love that the Pacers have is DeMontis Sabonis, who is a fantastic young player who uh, played in Oklahoma City but really came into his own when he got into Indiana. What do you look for him to do going forward next season? What can we expect out of Sabonis uh, if he improves and gets better on the court? Yeah, I think he, he's, for one, Nate has outstanding natural ability. Arvidas Sabonis' father, of course, um, gave that to him, passed that along. So he's, he's got outstanding footwork, great instinct, tremendous passing ability. He, he's the guy they want to run the offense through. They don't mind throwing it into him and letting him kind of open things up for everyone else. He has the ability to stretch the court to the three-point line. But different than the Oklahoma City Thunders, the Pacers aren't asking that of him or expecting that. They primarily want him to play inside that arc, but they have no problem with him stretching out if he wants to, whereas Thunder prefer that he stayed out. So the Pacers have utilized him differently. They're maximizing his strength and setting him up um, to have success. They're also playing him with that second unit. So generally he's better than the guy he's going against when he's in that second unit. And I think one of the things, Nate, that we're going to have to see coming up this season is how many times, how often do the Pacers look to get Demonis Sabonis and Miles Turner on the court at the same time? Both very young. Turner obviously will want a new contract come next summer, and so the Pacers will have to decide, can they play them at the same time? How do you alter the rotations with those two? Because those two are two outstanding players that probably need to play at least 30 minutes per game. Yeah, you got. it's almost a, a good problem to have. You have two players – at a position who could both give you 30 solid minutes off the bench or uh, in the game, and then one comes off the bench. But um, we're going to look at Victor Oladipo now. Uh, as he, he came into his own, and I've said it time and time again, Victor Oladipo plays best when he's in an Indiana uniform, whether it be Hoosiers or Pacers. Uh, he just plays well <laughs> there. Um, it's his team, and – he solidified that last season. How has he stepped forward as a leader and what's he bringing for the Pacers now that he's kind of solidified himself as that all-star figure for the team? Well, I think one of the reasons he's been able to excel over this last year was he finally had a stable situation. I think Nate McMillan was his fourth coach going on five years. So for any player, that is a tremendous challenge when you're changing offenses and you're getting asked to do different things at your different stops or with Orlando going through an interim head coach and several other head coaches. So he came to a stable situation here right away. The Pacers instilled belief in him and that allowed, and they asked him to just be himself, play his game. And I think for a player in a high intense environment like the NBA, that's, that relieves some stress, relieves some tension and allows them to be able to maximize their talents out there. And then from that, obviously, uh, he wasn't necessarily on the scouting report, so he excelled. Then after he became a first-time All-Star, right, Nate, then we saw defenses kind of load up on him and force him to play differently. And he's an avid viewer of film. After every single game, the head video coordinator, Tim Dather, always takes his iPad and loads his film, his clips that Victor insists on watching after every game. And then a story I most recently wrote about at The Athletic, he talks and asks about his leadership. How about this? He brought every single player, all but one. Boyan Bogdanovich is overseas 
playing for his national team in Croatia, but all other players, including the guys on two-way contracts, flew to Miami and spent all of last week training with him, training like Vic. But then it was also a bonding experience, a place where they could just hang out, have some fun. Um, they went to Top Golf. They did something uh, where they brought in a public speaker just to kind of motivate them, fire them up, get them ready for the upcoming season. And so you talk about him on the court. I think he's only going to get a little bit better, certainly, being a third-team All-NBA guy, which is wildly uh, unpredictable, much like the Pacers' season. And then also we've seen him take his leadership to a next level. We look at the uh, the Pacers, and we look especially with um, what they did last season and going into this season, how I think expectations are higher, especially with the off season. And uh, But I want to know as an insider, is there a player or players on this team who we should be looking at and saying, this guy could be the reason why the Pacers have success, or this guy could help control why the Pacers are going to be so good. That maybe isn't going to be your Oladipo's or your Miles Turner's, the big stars that we know. Who would be that guy that would really step in and be a guy we should be looking out for that maybe people are sleeping on this season for Indiana? The first and obvious will be, will be Victor. Don't go as he goes. If he doesn't have a good season, I don't expect them to. But I expect him to kind of replicate what he was able to do this past season. I think it could be a breakout year potentially for Miles as he's entering a contract season. And then I think Tyreek Evans has the potential to elevate the team from what they were last year because they only have really one true playmaker in Victor Oladipo. So what we saw in that seven-game first-round series against the Cavaliers where the Pacers were the better team, they just didn't have LeBron, is now they have another option. So when opponents crowd up, double, even triple team Oladipo, that's where Tyreek Evans hopefully can be there to not only uh, provide some relief, but provide a scoring punch, ball handling, and in a different dynamic than Darren Collison, who now 31 years old, is coming off his best career season. So you also can look to him, hopefully, to be able to replicate what he did last year as he's winding up probably what would be the peak of his NBA career. Well, uh, let's look at the opening game of the season this year. The Pacers are squaring off with the Memphis Grizzlies on opening night in Indiana. Um, do you think that's a good team to open up with, or do you think maybe Indiana wanted a more um, a foe that might be a little more tested? Uh, the Grizzlies struggled last year, but they've added some pieces. Um, do you think we're going to be able to measure the what that we should expect from the Pacers after opening night, or will it be a work in progress? No, and I don't think that's true for any team. I think every team is, is a work in progress at that stage, especially season whittled down to just four games for most teams. The Pacers don't even have a home game during the preseason, so that's something uh, I think no Pacers fans have to be happy about. They don't have to shell out season ticket money for home games. But at the same time, I always say it takes about 20, 25 games to kind of establish what a team is, what we can expect to see from them. Where the Pacers are different than many teams is that they return their core. Their top six players from last year. The only player that they did not bring back is Lance Stevenson, who I'm actually watching right now. Other than that, their core group is all being brought back. So they do have some continuity, some chemistry returning, whereas a team like the Lakers, I wouldn't really fully judge them. So maybe even the All-Star break till that February time because they're so new, so many new pieces. Um, 
I look at that first game, Nate, truly, is one, you're at home. I think that's always great. You're against a weaker team in Memphis, um, and I like that as well because not only for your team but your fan base, you want to start out on a high note. Get a couple wins under your belt, especially so if I remember right, faces are on the road for six of their first eight games. So you need to capitalize on early season home games. Okay, well, I got one more question here, and then I will let you get back to the game that you're at. And I do appreciate you giving me so much time uh, here, especially while you're in the gym and watching the uh, the Pro-Am game. Pacers this season, what's the realistic goal? Where do they finish in the East, and how far can they make a run in the playoffs? Oh, man. For those that follow me, I absolutely hate predictions, quite frankly, because it's so far in advance. But I'll, I'll say this. We'll say this. It's, have... We can say Go this. Ahead. It's August. It's August, and things can change. <laughs> I like to hedge my bets. If I say, oh, so-and-so is going to do so well, let's just say best-case scenario prediction. We won't say, you know, sure. other than that. Yeah, I think best-case would be they reach the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I, I, right now it's to be determined, I think, how good Toronto can be because I need to see Kawhi Leonard. Is he healthy? How focused is he? Does he enjoy the Toronto situation, or is that playing out? That said, I think it's clear health pending. Boston's the clear favorite in the Eastern Conference. So I think the best-case scenario would be Pacers face the Celtics in the conference finals, come up short, but gain momentum and excitement for the upcoming season. Maybe it helps foster some relationships and potentially lead to free agents come next offseason. It's just so much to get over the hump between the excellent coaching with Brad Stevens and then the all-star, all-NBA talent, Kyrie, Gordon. Everybody knows you can go on down the line. And worst case, I would think, middle of the road, maybe your sixth seed in the Eastern Conference, maybe 45 wins, which would be a little bit of a setback from last season. Although I would be shocked, maybe really, if that's the case, unless for health. Only because I think the Eastern Conference, it got weaker, especially if you just look at Cleveland, who lost LeBron. Yeah, they did lose some star power with LeBron. However, I do think the Eastern Conference as a whole, like, team-wise, the teams that were maybe closer to 7, 8, 9, 10 got better, uh, if that makes any sense. They're not star-heavy, but they're very good team-wise. You're not going to turn those games on in the Eastern Conference and see a lot of star power, but you are going to see good basketball teams, and I like that, uh, personally. There's a lot of question marks for me. Like Milwaukee, what is Milwaukee? I'm not sure. Exactly. Could, I could totally see it where Giannis gets fed up and wants to leave, or I could see them clicking, maybe being able to attract a, a outstanding top 30 type player to play alongside him as they have yeah. in the arena. I don't know. I'm not. That's one of the big question marks for me in the East. I kind of think is, it's top and... heavy Boston, and then the next tier with about four or five other teams, and then everybody else. Well, you're going to look at, at Milwaukee, too, and say, is this coach finally going to be the coach that coaches? Uh, it always seems like they underperform, but I think this year could be the year where they finally turn it on. And then there's more questions, especially in Detroit with Dwayne Casey there now. Um, Washington, uh, they bring in Howard. What's that going to do for that team? Is is Otto Porter going to be the player he wants? Well, questions in the East. I think the Pacers end up in the top four. Where in the top four, I don't know. And you say we need to see Kawhi. If you went into a coma after game one of the NBA Finals and woke up tomorrow, <laughs> you would still think Kawhi is the man. Meanwhile, you've seen him play as many games as those of us who were not in a coma. So, <laughs> imagine that. 
Yeah, no, 100%. So much is determined off Kawhi within that Eastern Conference. And I really, I'm not sold on Washington. I think that's a, a situation where there's too many guys trying to do the same things. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them try to make some kind of midseason move that even could be an addition by subtraction type move. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Otto Porter will be gone and Kelly Oubre will take over that position. Uh, one team I will give you as my sleeper team in the East to watch this season, if everyone's healthy, Chicago. I think Chicago's got a great lineup and they could do a lot if everybody stays huh? healthy. That'll be the key. You said Chicago? Yes. I'm not I like that. Chicago. Not at all. Oh. I'm okay. not seeing them at all. There's they don't look like an exciting team to watch at all, to me at least. I'm going, I think I'm going with the young talent, home. man. I like the young talent. Now, when I say sleeper, I'm talking about make the playoffs. That's their ceiling this season. Um, don't oh, think they'll even make that, a second round of That would be a but, huge surprise in its own right. That's just my bold prediction. If Jabari Parker's healthy, if Markinen takes okay. the next step – if Wendell Carter does what I think he can do, Zach Levine learns how to play defense a little better. Um, that Chicago team, I, I got a feeling about them. I don't know what it is. Of course, I may be wrong, but that's just a, a bold offseason prediction. Understood, yeah. We'll see. I don't think there's yeah. going to be a team that will be very much uh, – many people will be interested in watching in league pass, but you never know. A lot of things would have I to like- happen for that to change. I watch a lot of teams on League Pass, so it doesn't matter to me. I just like basketball, and I can't wait for it to be back this season. Uh, but, Scott, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Indiana's been one of the teams I've been singing their praises this off season, so uh, I'm glad we finally got to get a, an Indiana expert on the show. Uh, won't you tell our listeners where they can find you and uh, listen to you and uh, on Twitter and other places as well? Yeah, so I write for The Athletic, so you can check out my work within The Athletic. Uh, obviously, the Indiana and the Pacers section there. And I'm active on Twitter at Scott Agnes, one word, where you can find me there as well. Well, Scott, thank you so much for coming on and giving us so much of your time. We really appreciate it. We'll let you get back to the game. Uh, thanks again, and we hope to have you back real soon. I appreciate it. Good talking with you tonight. Let's get ready for basketball. Less than a month before training camp. I know. Can't wait. Hope to speak to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, all these things and more can be helped by New Law Office. Stephen P. New will fight for you and your rights. Mr. New, what is there to do if you're in an automobile accident? When car wrecks happen, insurance is always involved. Did you know that in West Virginia, we have the highest percentage of uninsured and underinsured motorists driving on our highways? That means that when you're in a car wreck, your attorney needs to know how to work with your insurance company to maximize the compensation that you'll receive. If you've been in a car wreck, call me, Stephen P. New. For your free consultation, call 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New 
will fight for you to get you where you need to be. He's a proud sponsor of our program, and Mr. New is a stand-up national and local attorney. Stephen P. New, attorney at law, answers to your legal questions. We're back. That was my conversation with Scott Angus from The Athletic in Indiana. TR, we're picking up your fan a little bit more than we were earlier, brother. Well, damn, don't you have nerve. You sounded in that interview like you were fucking taping from the set of Uncle Drew number two. I, what the that hell That was happened? not me. That was not me. I was crystal clear. Scott was at a gym at a pro-am basketball game, and he is our guest. I will give him a break. <laughs> Scott was Scott was very intriguing and very obviously a, a very credible guest and a good get. And he was at a he was at a cool uh, place. He was very clear, honestly, uh, from the listener perspective. When I was listening, um, every time you talked, it sounded like you were at a game, and he was he was crystal clear. But well, that's because um, you were getting the background noise from his phone. When he was talking, you were getting the noise from him, not from the background. I blame you, Scott. Scott's aces accept his uh, Scott's <laughs> aces accept accept his uh, complete. Uh, uh, dislike of of your uh, bull uh, optimism, I should say. Yeah, um, because yeah. I share, I share, I share your optimism. But there's there's one thing that 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 should be uh, made note before we talk about the Pacers a little bit. Um, okay. Indiana and the Bulls don't have the best history, so there That's might be true. a little bit of angst. Might be a little That's angst true. there from past seasons. And uh, quite frankly, uh, they've got about eight talented young kids, which you could say they could fall in the way of Sacramento, or, you know, they could by midseason get that chemistry with all that physical talent they have. And yeah. I don't think it's far fetched to, to to come in eighth in a seventh or eighth seed, and uh, you know, depending on how it all shakes out. So uh, no, no, I don't I, think I, I'm. Uh... I don't think I'm I'm saying they're going to end up as the uh, as the two seed here. No, I think they're just going to sneak in the back door of the playoffs, get in, and make some noise. That's you know, that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, right now in August, like like both of you guys said, it's it's you know it's hard to make predictions ironclad, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I see I see the names you mentioned as very talented and and star NBA players down the road, and it's just a matter of chemistry issues and uh you know uh, making the playoffs is different than advancing in the playoffs you need that uh savvy and the veteran leadership and so forth to uh you know make a splash unless you're just plain old too dumb to realize you're not supposed to be there some teams in all four sports get through around uh via that route they're just too stupid to know they're supposed to lose and they end up winning but um other than that, I thought it was a great conversation. He brought up T.J. Leaf, who I haven't thought about in quite a while. Uh, another Bruin, oddly enough, with the uh, out of uh, one line yeah. balls class, and uh, yeah. you know, and I, I really liked the uh, the knowledge that I didn't have and probably wouldn't have got anywhere else that Old Depot stepped up in that leadership role and brought his whole team down to Miami. That's uh, that's a ton more effort than these six, 76ers that I got reading their own press clippings and dating uh, Kylie Jenner or whoever the hell else. Uh, you know, Oladipo, if, you know, a guy like that, that kind of character I wish we had here, but, you know. 
Yeah, it's like uh, it's almost like you look at the off season and you're like, man, look at what the leadership role some of these guys are taking. Then you look at the Sixers organization and it's just like, what in the blue fuck are they doing? <laughs> they're going on James Corden. They're going down water slides. You know, uh, they don't have a GM. Did you? Uh, Lord have mercy. Did you see the quote? Did you see Joel Embiid's quote? Please tell me you saw it. Uh, I probably didn't, or I'd be mad by the way you're talking. He said, you know, Joe, in case nobody knows this, Joel Embiid does not have a driver's license. Did you know that? I I think I was aware of that, but I wasn't going to, like, bust his balls since he's fairly new to the country. I mean, he's only been here. (laughs) Hold on. There's a reason why. Five, six years. He doesn't. Uh Uh-oh. It'd be different if that was the reason. He came out and said, I don't need a driver's license. I don't need a car. I have someone to take me where I go. All I need in life to make me happy is basketball and video games. That's it. Mm. Uh, that's that's not a quote that's going to drive me as crazy as uh, as the tone of your voice. I thought he was going to say something like I'm going to. Uh... I really thought your head would explode when he said that. Because <laughs> I know how you feel no. about video games. Yeah, I'm not a gamer. Not that you're against I'm them not, or anything, but uh, when I think, you're a pro basketball player, they're all worried about their 2K ratings and shit when they need to be worried about getting on the court. Yeah, I mean, I take into consideration that he is a big, literally a big kid um, in a man's body. And uh, as long as he's not saying, Toss the bosses, uh, I am the defensive player of the year. Uh, like, uh, if he's playing video games and staying, you know, if that means he's staying on his couch mostly and not, uh, you know, re-injuring his foot or his back or something, you know, ludicrous in the off season, then I'm, I'm you know, I'll, I'll save my gamer bashing. And, I mean, I'm a little old in the tooth, but, uh, you know, I did have Atari 2600, you know, with Space Invaders and Asteroids and you know, great action-packed games as that in the 80s, but then I kind of uh, grew out of it at age 14 or so. So mind-boggling that these adults do this this stuff, but whatever. Just a faucet. F you. <laughs> F Sam Hankey. I still play video Sam games, Hankey. you bastard. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Which team is Sam Hankey uh, running again? Nobody oh, that would right be none. Now. Nobody calls them. <laughs> nobody will call them. Because nobody wants to lose fucking 600 games in two years, even though that's mathematically impossible. <laughs> he somehow figured out how to do it. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> DR, last week we started a um, – we had a 40-minute conversation last week about good off-seasons and bad off-seasons. And we ranked teams. It was actually a, a nice little segment, I thought. Uh, a lot of people seem to get into it. So, uh, what do you say we run through it and try to get to uh, try to finish it up this evening? What do you say about that? Uh, if we got tw- if you got the money, I got the time, or whatever that saying is. Um, <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> I was trying to tie in. The, I was I was trying to tie in the time we have left on the two hours with if you money i got the time but somehow it just came out all wrong so 
What do you want I've, for Wednesday? I've missed you. Tim cannot butcher sayings like you. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Tim I'm just mad at uh, Joel Embiid still. All right. Well, we left off. We we did the Indiana Pacers last week was our last team. So we're going to pick up with the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, they add Martin Gortat, who they traded with uh, the Wizards to get. They added Jonathan Motley to from the Mavericks. They signed Mike Scott from free agency. They picked up Luke Rashad and Mute, free agent, and they drafted Jerome Robinson and Shea Gilgris Alexander. They lose Austin Rivers in the trade to the Wizards. They lose DeAndre Jordan to the Mavericks, and they waive C.J. Williams. They did re-sign Avery Bradley and Montrez Harrell. So, good offseason, bad offseason, T.R., I say good. Um, they're in, you know, they shouldn't be in any hurry. Um, no matter who they would have went for, they're not going to beat the teams on top of them. And I think they got, you know, they got rid of DeAndre finally. Lob City is officially dead and buried. Um, and their pickups, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys who are, uh, who are very, who have the potential to be good players. I mean, uh, there's nothing crazy. I think that uh, Austin Rivers getting out of there uh, is something as well. And uh, I think I went a little long on this, but I say good. That's all right. If we have to stretch this to another week, it's not that big of a deal. We need some hard-hitting analysis. You're doing a great job. Well, sure. I, uh, you know, Doc and Austin, that little – there was all those, you know, locker room – rumors several years ago about like you know if, if if austin would get knocked down on a rough screen or something that guys like chris paul and them would walk right by and not pick him up because there was a little rift there between yeah the uh those clippers and and uh, austin and doc the uh you know favoritism towards the you know the sun the nepotism aspect of the uh of the situation so I, th- I think that's all good that they, they cleared out that, that whole pile of shit, uh, to be quite frank, and, and are retooling not, and rebuilding but not tanking. I think, uh, I think in a few years they might be something to reckon with. They've got a good new owner. And uh, I just had a thought about them, but I lost it, as you guys mentioned on another show. So. <laughs> Yeah, they were able to uh they were able to make a little bit of a, a move in the off season. I don't think they got I think they got better, but not enough for me to say they had a, like they did lose their main rim protector. Uh but they did get Gortat, who's probably gonna finish his career there. They they picked up a good defender in Mbamute. Jonathan Motley, who I talked with uh, our next guest about. We'll talk we'll go to that later. Um, the Gilgris Alexander draft pick, I really like. The Jerome Robinson made me shake my head. I, I didn't understand that one, but re-signing Avery Bradley's a pretty good, pretty good deal for them. So uh, let's move on. The next team. This is going to take me a minute, but uh, I think it'll be worth it. So the Los Angeles Lakers. Here are the people they added in free agency alone. This is just free agency, not draft picks. Michael Beasley, Joel Berry the second. Jeffrey Carroll, LeBron James, JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, all signed in the offseason. They drafted Mo Wagner, Isaac Bonga, and Silvatislav Mekaluka. 
as Autumn laughs at me in the background trying to pronounce that. They lose Thomas Bryant, who they waive. Tyler Ennis, they waive. Channing Fry goes to the Cavaliers. Brooke Lopez signs with the Bucks. Julius Randle signs with the Pelicans. And Isaiah Thomas goes to the Nuggets. They re-sign Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Travis Ware. This one seems kind of uh, kind of like an easy one here. But, T.R., good offseason, bad offseason for the Lakers. Yeah, I was going to cut you off before you even asked. And, of course, when LeBron's involved, uh, coming to your team without anything bizarre happening, that's a good offseason. Um, I, I like me some Julius Randle, though. I mean, I, he's obviously not a max player, but uh, – you know, other than that, I mean, it's 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 a obvious. It's the most obvious of any team that you know, thirty-five win team will be possibly, possibly Nate. Don't jump down my throat like I'm a Sports Illustrated seven to one guy or whatever the hell. Or seven to what the what were their odds? Seven to two. Seven to um, two. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But they, you know, they could uh, they could improve twenty you know twenty wins if. Uh, if the ball bounces correctly. Oh, I'm not saying they're not going to improve. They're going to get a lot better. But 7-2 to two now, insane. But a good offseason, nonetheless. Oh, yeah, it was definitely a good offseason. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, but, you know, that one's kind of a no-brainer. Um, our next team, the Memphis Grizzlies. They bring in Kyle Anderson, Omar Caspi, Derek Johnson, Shelvin Mack, Garrett Temple, they get in a trade with the Kings. They draft Jaron Jackson Jr., and they bring in Javon Carter in the draft. They lose Deontay Davis in a trade with the Kings. Tyreek Evans signs with the Pacers. They trade Ben McLemore to the Kings, and Gerald Martin was traded to the Magic. No re-signings. So, T.R., what do you think? Good offseason, bad offseason? Based almost completely on the draft, good offseason. Yeah, I think they added a couple good uh, veterans in Anderson, Caspian, and Temple, and they can help Mike Conley a little bit, give him some breathers. Mark Gasol's going to get some help uh, with uh, Jackson because he can stretch the floor. He can play the, the four. He can play the three. He could go to five in a small ball situation. Javon Carter is going to work his ass off and end up being a uh, – he's going to get some minutes. Um, he's going to take some time away from Temple. All I agree. Rookie all rookie team. Javon Carter will be all, all rookie, rookie team. Year. No, 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 no. Just based on defense. Based on defense yep. alone and his work ethic. I agree. Well, <laughs> here you go, TR. Here will be the easiest one we do. The Miami Heat. They brought in nobody. They lost nobody. They re-signed Wayne Ellington and Derek Jones. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, that would be, I guess, a bad off season. Yeah, you got to make some moves if you're Miami. If you're not getting better or trying to get – I'm not going to say trying to get worse, but if you're not getting better somehow or having a plan, what are you really doing? Like, Miami, I don't know. Maybe. Miami's a little bit close to Panama. I don't know. I don't have a globe in front of me, but Panama's <laughs> legal. It's legal now to get shots of stem cell, which, you know, make revitalize your youth. So maybe they'll get a prime Dwayne Wade if he went down to Panama in the offseason that we don't know. <laughs> If he doesn't go to China, sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of international flavor. Oh, I remember. I remembered my uh, my Los Angeles Clippers, even though it's sort of not a Clippers point. Blake Griffin, who you know made his fame there, 
Uh, I just missed it last night. I actually had a roast battle with Jeffrey Ross on, on the TV show on Comedy Central, oh, wow. aptly named Roast yeah. Battle. And I, and I, I, I hope it replays because I just missed it. And I heard that he did pretty damn good, uh, shockingly impressive, and he was pretty killer. Uh, but I missed it. So just wanted to throw that out there. If anybody's got it, let me know on uh, Facebook or Twitter or something. Yeah, I'm sure it's out there. We'll have to find it because I'm interested in seeing it myself. Yeah. All yeah, right. he supposedly uh, did next, really good. Next team, Milwaukee Bucks. They bring in free agents Pat Connington, Ursan Ilyasova, Brooke Lopez, and they draft Dante DiVincenzo at number 17 in the draft. They lose Brandon Jennings, who they waived, and Jabari Parker signed with the Bulls. They didn't re-sign anybody, though. So, TR, good offseason, bad offseason. Uh, you know I like Jabari Parker when he's not injured, at least from the offensive uh, end of the floor. But you also know that I'm from Philadelphia area. I was ready to just say Philadelphia, but I am suburban, Philadelphia area. Um, and you got Ursan, who was part of our 17-game win streak, a very big part of that also on the offensive end for the most part. A little bit of exposure in the playoffs. And they got, you know, Dante DiVincenzo, who was a sleeper for me being a uh, breakout rookie kind of that nobody expected. The summer league kind of simmered me down a little bit, but I still he's, I still think he's going to contribute. He's a good playing uh, hell of an athlete, you know, uh, a great player, uh Mr. Basketball, they called him the Michael Jordan of Delaware just two years ago. And uh, obviously MVP of the national championship. Sometimes that doesn't translate, which was worrying me a little bit in summer league. But I think with uh, the Greek the Greek freak, I'm fucking up names too. What a night. The Greek freak to, uh, <laughs> you know, learn from, learn the work ethic of, of that machine. And uh, again, they took the Boston Celtics to seven games last season. Everybody seems to forget when Milwaukee is brought up. So I think a good off season for Milwaukee. Yeah, I like the addition of Brooke Lopez. I like Ilyasova coming back. Um, Jabari Parker, you almost had to cut him loose at this point because it was like, eh, you know, it just wasn't working out. Um, uh-huh. And I, I think it, it's a good for them to take a step forward with a new coach. I think them adding the new coach is actually one of the better moves. I'll say good off season. All right, I agree too. And I didn't even, I didn't even mention Lopez, who's who's not going to hurt anybody for sure. Oh no, no, no! I like Lopez. I think he actually helps Milwaukee more than he's going to help anybody else. He could have went to. All right. right, Anthony Tolliver for the Minnesota Timberwolves. They had Anthony Toller, Tolliver, free agent. They draft Josh Akogi and Kieta Bates Diop. Uh, they waive Cole Aldridge and Nemanja Bialica leaves to go to the Sixers, who won't give him uh, a two-year contract. So he says, "I'm going home." He then proves he's a liar and goes and signs a two-year deal with the Kings. The Wolves also smart man Derek Rose. Uh, they re-signed him. So Tr, good off-season, bad off-season for the Wolves. I don't know, man. Uh... You want my opinion? I don't want to say. Yeah, it's your team. You go. Uh, bad offseason. I'll say it. The draft was good. The offseason was bad. We re-signed Rose. I like that move. Uh, we draft two athletes who are good on defense. We needed some help on defense in our bench. Uh, 
we have no three-point shooting. Anthony Tolliver is not an answer to losing. We lost Jamal Crawford, too. People forget that. That wasn't on this list. We lose Jamal Crawford. Um, I, we did not have a good off season. I, I don't like what they're doing. Uh, I just don't. I just don't like the fact we have our best three point shooter is now going to be Carl Anthony Towns. I don't like that. We have if we could add shooting, this team could make a run second round of the playoffs. We don't have shooting, and it's hurting us. Unless somebody, unless Anthony Tolliver can come in and jack threes off the bench. And Jimmy Butler is 100% and willing to buy into the system and play and stick around with this team. We could be going back down. We rebuild, 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 rebuild. We get one year worth of damn, and then we could be on the way back down. So who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, Wiggins did sign his uh, extension last season. Um, I Actually, I'm going to check. I don't remember if I ever saw Towns sign his um extension because um i never got like notified that he had signed his uh extension so i'm going to check that out i um, uh i would have said bad off season too but it's since it's your equivalent equivalent of the 76ers I wanted to see what your take was and uh you know it's always not a good thing when your best three-point shooter is a cross-eyed seven-footer well, according to what I'm reading now, uh, it is very optimistic that Carl Anthony Towns will sign a new contract to extend with the Wolves. So it's looking like he's going to re-sign and be in Minnesota for five more years, which I like. If they do that re-signing, that will be good. However, <clears throat> the uh, we just need shooters, man, for this season, and we're not going to have them. So bad offseason, Minnesota. Sorry. All right. Well, New Orleans well, Pelicans. There's two guys. There's two guys out there. Well, I'd there's love G- for us to get Jimmer, them. There's Jimmer Fredette from uh, fresh off losing Overseas. his own league in his own name. Yeah. Yeah, uh, squir- <laughs> yeah he did, didn't he? <laughs> he didn't even win a title in his own league that they put together. Um, yeah. No. And you got and you got a, a big three third place winner, which I was watching the other night. I'll still call him Chris Jackson. To you guys, you might know him as Abdul Rauf. But damn, if that gray-haired prick wasn't launching threes the other night. I was like, holy shit, no wonder he works with people as far as the shooting. But, you know, you can't – I found my – you know, I didn't get carried away and lose my mind. But uh, I was kind of, like, into his performance, and then I quickly realized that, uh, he's similar age to me, probably, or whatever. And half court is a lot different than running full court NBA. Oh, definitely. Way different. <laughs> he, he'd be blown up after like three possessions. <laughs> he'd be running sprints and just be like, nope, I yeah. quit. <laughs> I'm going yeah. back. All right. New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, they add Jalil Okafor. Free agent, Alfred Payton and Julius Randle, all free agents. They also drafted Tony Carr out of Penn State at 51 in the draft. They lose Boogie Cousins, who signed with the Warriors, and Rajon Rondo, who goes to the Lakers. Uh, re-signed Ian Clark. Uh, so, TR, good offseason, bad offseason? Uh, this is a tough one because 
when you say lose Boogie Cousins, it kind of like devastates the other side of what they got, but they lost the Boogie Cousins that would be hurt at the beginning and most of the season with an injury that's very tricky. And Rajon Rondo has played horribly in his career and then kind of just shows up whenever his crazy ass wants to. So I'm leaning towards a good off season slightly. I'm going to say it was a good off season because Boogie Cousins, while you did lose him, I don't think that it was something that we need to really look at as a negative because look how improved the the Pelicans were when Cousins was not in the lineup. Anthony Davis just took over. Um, Then you bring in Julius Randle, who's a completely different player than Boogie Cousins and brings a different dynamic. You replace Rajon Rondo with young Rajon Rondo, Alfred Payton. You give a guy like Jalil Okafor a chance um, for as cheap as they got him. I don't blame them. Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, give it a shot. So I'm going to say it was a good offseason. Yeah. All right, next team, the New York Knickerbockers. Uh, So New York Knicks, for you people that don't know what that means. They bring in Mario Hazonia, free agent, and Noah Vonley, free agent. They did draft Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson. They lose Michael Beasley, who goes to the Lakers, and Kyle O'Quinn to the Pacers. Troy Williams, they waived. They did re-sign Luke Cornett. So, TR, good offseason, bad offseason. I'm saying good because of my bias towards the coach, the coaching change, and that that you know that is technically okay. a a move in the off season, much like Detroit, Dwayne Casey, the addition. I would say is good. If we did or didn't do them yet, I I don't recall. But uh, yeah, We're going I like Fizz. Order, so we did. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like Fizz, and uh, you know I I'm, I'm a you know I'm a guy who watches the. Uh, McDonald's game and all those stupid games that I can find on like ESPN 93 uh, where you'll see these guys when they're, you know, juniors and seniors in high school. And I really, really was impressed with Mitchell Robinson and uh, he didn't play any college ball. So it might take him a little while, but I think he's going to be a stud. Um, I'm going to say this good draft by the Knicks. Bad off season though. Losing Beasley and O'Quinn and replacing them with Hazonia and Vonley ain't gonna do it. However, the additions in the draft um, were good. Robinson, you and I both liked. Knox, you were higher on than I am. I'm still not completely sold, but summer league he looked better and he's young, so he's gonna get a lot of playing time this season. So I'll say bad off season, but good draft. So I'm gonna let them kind of break even on that one. Fair enough. All right, the Oklahoma City Thunder. All right, here we go. They bring in your buddy, TLC, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce Ah, screw it. I'll try it. Timothy Raul <laughs> Cabaret, who was traded in the 76ers. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, it's it's Luau, it's Luau, and I, I oh, wouldn't Luau. know it either if I didn't watch watched these goofs every <laughs> okay. game but Timothy it was Luau funny whatever Luau came out <laughs> cabaret or cabaret or uh, whatever he, fucker 
Hey, TLC, go chase some fucking waterfalls, you dumbass. <laughs> Abdel Nader was uh, traded with the Celtics. Nerlens Noel they brought in as a free agent. Dennis Schroeder, they'd make a trade with the Hawks. Uh, Hamadou DeLeo, they bring in from Kentucky. God damn, I'm having a time. Uh, they bring in from Kentucky in the draft. They draft Devin Hall and Kevin Hervey in the draft as well. They lose Carmelo Anthony to the Hawks. Nick Collison retires, and Darkey Johnson is gone to the Magic, as well as Rodney Purvis traded to the Celtics. They re- they re-signed Paul George, Jeremy Grant, and Raymond Felton. So Tr, good off season, bad off season. Outstanding off season. In uh, your earlier conversation, I believe the term addition by subtraction was mentioned, and. Carmelo Anthony is, at this point, in my humble opinion, a team killer. And I like a guy like Schroeder who had nothing to play for down in Atlanta, joining the ranks. And uh, I like that they kept the band together for the most part. And uh, so with that said, I'll let your opinion go. I'll agree. I think they had one of the best off-seasons. Uh, the only way it could have been better is just to add like LeBron, uh, but I think they had an amazing off season. Noel, they get him on the cheap. Uh, he's a good rim protector. He'll he'll come off the bench behind Stephen Adams. They add uh, TLC for defense. Schroeder, who I think was a steal, they gave up next to nothing to get him. They get rid of Mello, who slowed the team down. They re-signed George Felton and Grant. Great off season. Uh, bravo, OKC. So I'll say that. Yeah, much. you got to factor in keep. You got to factor in retaining Paul George or oh, absolutely, you know, whatever you want. You know, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, that that's something I don't think many of us saw coming. No, no, I don't. I didn't see it coming. I assumed he was L.A. bound. Uh, the yeah. Orlando Magic, our good buddy Philip Rossum and Reich, uh listening in on this one. I'm sure. Uh, Jaron Grant I think, traded. To I the think Bulls, you messed up his name too. Philip Rossman Reich? No, that's his name. I thought it was I know Philip, Philip Reichman. I don't know. Reichman Ross, <laughs> I thought. PRR. We'll just go with that. <laughs> if you only we like him, re- we like all our guests, but but he and Jeff Garcia are multi timers, so we like the uh, the our Magic people and our Spurs people. Yeah, they're but, they're good dudes. Uh, yeah. One thing I'll say: if you knew how many abbreviations I've seen in the past week. You would understand how much this is killing me. You have no idea. Okay. <laughs> my pharma, my pharmacotherapy training is destroying my world when it comes to abbreviations. Uh, well, you better take Orlando, time off from the show then, because I need my medicine when you get the license. <laughs> I'll be fine. Uh, Orlando Magic bring in Jaron Grant trade with the Bulls and Gerald Martin in a trade with the Grizzlies. They bring in in a trade with the Hornets, Timothy Mozgov. They draft Mo Bamba, Melvin Frazier, and Justin Jackson. They lose Bismack Biombo, Mario Hazonia, who signed with the Knicks. Bismack was traded to the Hornets. Darkey Johnson was traded to the Grizzlies. Shelvin Mack, they waived Rodney Purvis. They traded to the Thunder. And the big one is they re-signed Aaron Gordon to the Max deal. So good offseason, bad offseason. Bye. Anytime you get rid of somebody named Darkey Johnson, that to me is is a positive. 
great Darky Johnson. Oh, that sounds like a name. That's a Minnesota player name if I've ever heard one. Somehow he hasn't been there though. <laughs> yeah, I uh, you know I spent a couple of weeks in jail, so you know in my younger days and <laughs> didn't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I didn't want to be in a, a, a celly of Darkie Johnson. Put it that way. Anyhow, God. <laughs> anyway, so I'll say it was a good what a professional podcast. This is can't you tell? God. I'll, I'll say good off season just for the fact they got rid of so much dead weight on that Mavericks team, and they went with kind of a youth movement other than Mozgov. They're just trying to ride that contract out. Uh, Mo Bamba, we both love that draft pick. Uh, don't I don't like the re-signing of Aaron Gordon to a max contract, but, hey, what do you do? Um, Got to give him some money or he's going to go elsewhere, and they still believe in him. I have uh, I gave up on him years ago, but that's just me. But I got a tiny little belief in him, and he's got a hot sister allegedly, allegedly as well, so – uh, I give him a good off. See, you know, you know how I am about Mo Bamba. I think he's the best big man that came out this year, and I, I think you're on the same side as me. But um, yeah, I yeah, good. I agree with you. All right. Well, Tr, this is going to be our last good off season, bad off season, and we will do one more shift of this next week. The last team on good, bad, good and bad off season, the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. To sum it all up. I they just can't wait till we get Darkie Johnson. <laughs> I'm buying you a Darkie Johnson jersey for Christmas. That'd be uh, great. The 76ers. They bring in Wilson Chandler in a trade with the Nuggets, which I thought that was a steal of a trade. They only gave up, like, nothing for him. Mike Muscola in a trade with the Hawks. Okay, I'm going to pronounce this name correctly this time. Zari Smith. Is that correct? <laughs> no. No, what is it? God, I'm having unintentional fun because you're 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 school tired and and you're messing names up and you're usually the best in the world at, at names. But what well, I never get man, this guy's name right. You all, all make fun of me I, all the time for because you, you put a Z in front of Kyrie. That's what you used to do all the time. You used to call him Zyrie or, or I'm sorry, now I'm messing up. Zyrie Smith. It's Zaire Smith. Zaire. Okay. Uh, All right. Committing go. it to memory. Zaire Smith. So that way You're you don't make fun of me when you and Tim do conversations anymore. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> they draft Zaire Smith and Landry Shamet and Shake Milton. They lose All Justin Anderson. We'll talk about that. <laughs> they, they... I'm sorry. The curse of being drafted by the Sixers. Uh, they yeah. lose Justin Anderson to in trade to the Hawks. Marco Bellinelli goes back to the Spurs and re-signing. Rashawn Holmes is gone to the Suns in a trade. Ersan Ilyasova is with the Bucks, and Timothy Luau Cabaret <laughs> traded to the Thunder. Luau, or... you got it. You got it. It's great okay. hearing you say that name, though. And he re-signed. Uh... They re-signed Amir Johnson and J.J. Redick. So, T.R., good offseason, bad offseason. The fucking worst offseason. <laughs> and they also 
It's beyond bad. And the nation has no idea or is just not paying attention. The national basketball media. I'm here to tell you, I'm not going to sugarcoat it like other guys. And, you know, the guys that come on our show, like Keith Pompey and, and so forth from the Philadelphia Inquirer and the guys that are right there, they don't sugarcoat it either. We keep the right people telling, telling people the truth about the Sixers. And this was a horrible offseason and topped off by uh, Scam Hinky. I finally got rid of. It was like a pimple on prom night. The guy just kept showing up. And fucking we get, you know, the involvement of the burner account uh, family that, you know, traded uh, Tatum for faults essentially. So we lost the GM along with, you know, whatever else. We got Wilson Chandler for a GM, basically, if you want to just eradicate everything else. And now we have a GM of just bumbling idiots. How many trades did they make draft night? Oh, God. I'm uh, a lot. Six or seven when they only had four <laughs> picks or something? They had six uh, picks, and I think they ended up trading, like, at least three, four times, maybe more. Yeah, so, and they really believe that a guy who, uh, you know, we don't know it's fact, a doctor hasn't told me, but everybody's kind of hinted that's on the inside. It's fucking a head case. Forgot to put his arm up. Didn't know how to put his arm up. Drafted him number one overall. And in all these predictions, it's going to be up to Markel Fultz this season for those shining, bright, new force in the NBA of the next 10 seasons they'll be battling the cell. What? Who? Are you fucking kidding me? This team is, oh my God. It's, it, you know, the reason I get so upset is because there is something there. They do have some talent. They do. But, but, it's so incomplete. It's missing so many cogs to the wheel. It's, it's hilarious when you read me the odds and they're fifth rated fifth best team in the NBA as far as yeah. odds and so forth. I mean, what in the fuck? Ben Two Simmons is playing games. Two to one odds yeah, to win, to win the, the East. East. Ben Simmons, I just saw putting his face in a live snake on James Corden, laughing with that little tubby Brit. He can laugh with him all he wants and me on B-Lock and be on the Big Bang Theory fucking as a walk-in extra with his fucking sweatsuits and his stupid chains. And Joel Embiid can bicycle kick all these soccer balls all around fucking Jamaica, Africa, fucking South Philly, North Philly, wherever he wants and, and play his video games. But that that team is welcome to the fifth seed, you fucking overhyped. As, as Alexa Bliss would say, you overhyped rookies. Quoting anyway. the women wrestling, wow. <laughs> Bad off season. And they're my yeah. favorite team in life. Well, we're going to leave it at that. We still got about six or seven <laughs> more teams left. Uh, but before we end tonight, we have one more thing to get to, and then TR and I will come back and sum this night of, as it's been a wild ride here on the 43rd. Can you believe it's been 43 episodes of Wide Men Can't Jump? It's almost, uh, uh, you know, we had a couple holiday breaks, but it's almost a year coming up there, big fella. Yeah, we got nine weeks until the 52nd episode, which would mark a year, basically, a year of episodes. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. But um, 
I sat down and buddy, you're going to hear me butcher this guy's name too. Uh, Nick Angstad. He joined me this evening to talk about the Dallas Mavericks. So we're going to pay a bill here real quick. And then we'll have my talk with Nick and then TR and I will come back. We will be off of the live portion of the episode. We will wrap up. And if you're listening live, you will hear that after the show is available for download. So we will be back here in a little bit. So, TR, are you cool with that? Yeah, man. I got nothing but time. All right. We're going to hear my talk with Nick right after this word from our sponsor at WowFreeCam.com. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave. WowFreeCam.com is the number one cam site on the internet, and they are our gracious sponsors, and we want to invite you to check them out over at WowFreeCam.com. Anything you could imagine and whatever you want is just one click away if you go to WowFreeCam.com. What's some of the things you could check out over on WowFreeCam.com? Motorboat? Play the motorboat? Yeah. You motorboat son of a bitch, you old sailor, you. Or you could be into... Two chicks at the same time, man. Whatever it is that you're looking up for, WowFreeCam.com will leave you with one reaction and one reaction only. You won't want to miss out all the fun going on at WowFreeCam.com, so be sure to show them some love and go over. Hey, it's in the name. It's all free. Must be 18 or older to access the website, but make sure you get there as quick as you can to check out all the fun. Going on over at WowFreeCam.com. Again, must be 18 or older to visit. Joining me now is NBA media member, writer, and podcast host for the Mavs Moneyball and Locked On Mavs podcast, Nick Angsted. Nick, what's up, man? I got your name right there, didn't I? Yeah, close enough. It's, it's close, close enough. enough. Okay. <laughs> Look, my last name is Bush, so how hard is that? You know, I'm, I'm a shrub. At least your last name is interesting. Uh, <laughs> but we do appreciate you coming on. We're going to talk a little Mavs basketball. How are you? Man, I'm doing all right. The Mavs basketball is, is finally looking up. After the last two years, it's, it's been pretty difficult <laughs> to find things interesting. It's been pretty hard to you know cover this team. They've been tanking. They've had uh, scandals. They've had literally every kind of issue. They've had injuries. That you know all this crap just happened to them. And so finally, it's looking up with DeAndre Jordan and of course Luka Doncic, Dallas's new favorite son. Oh yeah. Uh, and we're going to dive into the Mavs really, really close. But let's go ahead uh, before we get into what's going, what we're looking at in the future. Let's look at a little bit of last season. Uh, Dennis Smith, I thought, played pretty well last year. All things considering, I think he's a great piece for for the Mavericks. You still have West uh, West Matthews. You had Harrison Barnes. Uh, but I think the key to all this, and most people may disagree with me, I think the leadership, maybe not the play on the court, but the leadership of Dirk Nowinski to stick around, to stay in Dallas, he takes pay cuts, his minutes has been reduced, but how important is Dirk still to this Mavs franchise? Oh, good Lord. Uh, how long do we have? <laughs> <'Cause the> guy, <laughs> as long the guy as you is, need. 
man, the guy is the franchise. Like he, as soon as he retires, there's a giant statue that's going up right in front of the AAC. But he is he he is Dallas Mavericks basketball. He honestly is Dallas basketball just in general. Uh, he's so important to this franchise. He he sets the tone for every single player. Dennis Smith Jr. last year came in, saw how. Dirk worked and he adjusted the way that, you know, he worked on his game because of that, just seeing how meticulous Dirk is about these little mechanical things about, you know, his shooting and when he was working with Holger and how he, you know, goes about his, you know, pregame regimen and postgame regimen and all these different things that he has to do to get ready. And now because it's old, because he's old, you know, his joints are creaky. And I don't know if you saw the video that JJ Barea posted today of, of Dirk dunking and doing it behind the back, like, drive into the lane but he he doesn't have the athleticism he used to have anymore and people some people forget that he was super athletic but uh for his size but that he has to you know have that regimen now but he was super meticulous even before he you know had his aching joints and everything like that so he sets the tone for this team he still is you know carlisle's mouthpiece for the, the rest of this team and, and for the franchise really i mean he has so much cachet with this team that honestly they do think sometimes that he doesn't even want to just to respect him. You know, last year he said that he'll, he'll come off the bench, and this year he said he'll come off the bench, and I still don't think he'll come off the bench. I still think they'll start him. I still think they, you know, respect him so much and want to show other, you know, other players around the league that they respect this guy so much that they will continue to start him because whenever, you know, uh, you know whenever you hear Dallas Mavericks basketball, you think of Dirk Nowitzki for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's synonymous with it. Uh, and we remember the run he had back uh, when the Mavs got that that championship. Uh, I have a good friend of mine uh, on the show. We call him uh, back down, Background Josh Brown because he always talks from the background, but he loves the Dallas Mavericks, huge Dallas fan. And, um, we, you know, everybody respects Dirk. You can't say a bad word about him. He's probably one of the top 10, 20 best NBA players of all time, just – and easily the best foreign player of all time. So Dallas uh, got a really good one when they got Dirk. Yeah, oh, for sure. Some people try to put Hakeem Olajuwon up there as one of the best players of all time. Now, Dirk's had you know, a longer career than Hakeem, but he's kind of up there with best international player. I, I would disagree with those people, and I think there's a case to be made for him for sure. But, you know, Dirk is I mean, still – He's still the tall baller from the G, and you know he's still going to be doing the exact same thing. And man, he still loves it, man. It's 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 hilarious to watch him, you know, warm up and take shots at people and call people burgers, and it's it's (laughs) fun to watch. Is that a term he uses? Man, he this this term I uh, I can't remember the player that he got it from, but he got it when he first joined the team back in the late nineties. And he calls him a burger. Whenever he is matched up on somebody that he thinks can't guard him or when he's posting up on a little guy, he says, oh, I got a burger. I got a burger down here. Give me the ball. I got a burger. And then he just, he'll score on him or whatever or shoot a, you know, his patented one-legged fade over him. But that's his, that's his thing. <laughs> he's got a burger. And so now other people do it too on the team. And I do it too. <laughs> I find myself doing it now, uh, you know, just in my normal everyday life. Wow. I've never. That's interesting. I never. I uh, never knew that. But uh, that's fun. I'm gonna have to start doing that if I ever pick up a basketball <laughs> again. Uh, <laughs> feels like yeah. I never get anything done anymore but work and school and stuff all like that. But uh, switching gears here, the Dallas Mavericks um, last season not a banner year for Dallas, um, but uh, the due diligence paid off. I think uh, in the draft they they get the fifth pick with the lottery balls and maybe not the pick you want when, when you're trying to, to get out of the basement of the NBA, but they make the trade, 
They get Luka Doncic from Atlanta. Uh, I believe they had to give up next year's first-round pick as well. But they get the guy I believe they wanted, correct? Oh, exactly. This is the guy that they had targeted, I think, in the entire time that they were looking at this draft. Uh, that pick next year is top five protected. And then it goes. To, there's more protections after that, but I doubt that it'll not. I doubt that the Mavericks will keep it next year and be in that top five again. Um, but Luka Doncic was, was definitely the player that they wanted in this draft. They actually, towards the end of last season, and sprinkled into the season last year, but towards the end of last season specifically, they played Dennis Smith Jr. off the ball a lot, either with JJ Barea or Devin Harris or Yogi Ferrell or somebody that was that was the primary ball handler. And my co-host at Locked On Mavericks, Isaac Harris, and I, we really thought that man, they're they're going to try to bring in either you know a, maybe a point guard even or you know a wing that can handle the ball a lot because they're really trying to you know set him up to to succeed in that kind of role. Should they bring in somebody like that? And they got the best guy in the in the draft uh, to do that in Luka Doncic. So they they bring in Luka. He's going to you know be. Um, the primary playmaker probably. Dennis Smith Jr. is going to move off the ball a little bit. He'll still get a lot of touches for sure. Uh, but, yeah, Luka Doncic was, was in their minds, I think, through a lot of even last season and how they even played with the team when I was you know talking about Dennis playing off the ball with things. Yeah, and with Dirk being there and now they bring in Luka Doncic, it's almost like a passing of the torch, if you can say, from Dirk to Luka's. Oh, we have another foreign son that we can bring in and adopt and – Maybe he'll be the the player that we've we've needed for years. Um, is Luca? Do you think Luca will be looking to Dirk as maybe a a leader, a mentor, or uh, a guy who can kind of show him what it's like to be a foreign player in the NBA and how could could Dirk adapt to that role? Yeah, yeah. I don't think he has a choice. I don't think Luca has a choice. If you come in Dallas, <laughs> you have to look at Dirk and you have to look up to Dirk. I mean, there's there's no other option for him really. Um, there's other veterans on the roster for sure. I'm not saying it that way, but you, you can't come into Dallas and be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not gonna pay attention to Dirk and you know follow his lead and you know do all this. Stuff. I mean, he's he's the greatest. He's he's honestly one of the the greatest guys to cover. He's so gracious with his time, and I'm sure that time that he translates to fans and to media for sure translates into, you know, with uh, with other players on the team, for sure. Dennis learned a lot from him last year, and I'm sure Luca will learn, you know, a lot from him this year. And, uh, and yeah, he's, he's going to follow in his lead. He's going to uh, get the torch passed to him. And it's kind of interesting, that, that torch passing, because at first, two years ago, we thought the torch was being passed to Harrison Barnes because the team really set Harrison Barnes up to be this next guy. They really thought he was their next, you know, piece on this team that, front office talked about him like he was an all-star and all this kind of stuff. And I was really skeptical about that. And then they bring in Dennis Jr. And the torch gets kind of passed to him. And they're talking about him like he's the second coming of whatever and, you know, all these things. And then um, then they bring in, you know, Luka Doncic now. And it's kind of the torch is being passed again. And so you just keep getting, you know, these upgrades. And, man, if they can get an upgrade on Luka Doncic, you know, keep keep doing it next year if they bring in somebody else. But, but uh, the Mavericks have been trying to recreate what they had um, before with this big three of of Dirk, Steve Nash, and Michael Finley that they used to have, you know, back in the early 2000s. So they're trying yeah. to trying to recreate that kind of thing. And Don, Donnie Nelson, the Mavs GM, has been specific about that three that he wants to recreate. He's talked about how Dennis can kind of be that Nash kind of guy, how Harrison Barnes can be that Michael Finley type of player. 
and that they're kind of looking for their next Dirk. And I kind of laughed when he said that because I'm like, man, oh, good. All you're looking for is one of the top 20 players of all time. You know, <laughs> good luck with yeah, that, that Yeah, that, that's easy, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it seems simple and, enough. Uh, they may, yeah, and they may have found him. And Luka Doncic, I mean, he's the most decorated young player to come out of Europe ever. <laughs> We've seen guys like Kristaps Porzingis come in with less credentials than, than Luka Doncic and succeed in the NBA. So I'm, I'm I'm fascinated to see how he's going to work out and they could have made this work. They could have put together the next big three. Very true. Um, they bring in Deandre Jordan, uh one year contract. Uh, we remember years ago, um, how Deandre Jordan said, okay, I'm coming in. And then he said, okay, no, I'm not. I'm going to stay in LA and he sticks around, but now he's coming in. The deal is signed. He'll be a Maverick. Did him doing that not leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths? And now maybe they're a little, little like taken aback that he would have the gall to come in now. Or is it basically you're here now? What's gone? What's done is done. The past is past. Yeah, it, it was very interesting. And what you talk about at Emoji Gate, and everybody has some. All Mavs fans have a little PTSD from that for sure. But um, I think that the Mavs have just been so bad, and they've been so bad at center the last couple of years. Like, I, I doubt you've watched every single Mavericks game. Can you name two centers that the Mavericks have had in the last couple of years? <laughs> it's, it's an insane list. Yeah. Uh, Bri- uh, let me see here. Dwight Powell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah kind of. And another center. I'm going to guess Brandon Wright, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he did play a couple of years ago for the for the Mavericks at center for sure. But isn't it it's so hard to think about who the Mavericks have had? They've had Andrew Bogut, they've had Zaza Pachulia, they've had Jabil McGee, they've had uh, last year they started Dirk at center a lot of times. They still have solid measure. And Chris came in uh, there a while like, back too. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris came in. They've had uh, all these guys. They had Tyson Chandler, you know, in two separate stints. He, they had him in 2011 just for one single season for that playoff run and when they won the finals. And then in 2015, they brought him back for one single year. And he's probably the best center in franchise history, depending on how you feel about Sean Bradley. Well, <laughs> so, you know, for this team. <laughs> I was quite the Brian Cardinal fan, so uh, you know that's just me. <laughs> the custodian has a has a place in Mavs in Mavs lore for sure. <laughs> he does. He does. But yeah. um, so you think they're just going to kind of let it be with DeAndre? Yeah, the team's just been so bad that any kind of talent that they could add, no matter what kind of baggage he's bringing, unless it's Rondo or Dwayne Wade, I think is totally fine with the fans. I think those are two <laughs> players that Mavs fans would not have. But other than that, I think that they're going to be totally fine with DeAndre. Yeah, uh, yeah, my buddy Josh still hates Ray on Rondo. <laughs> <laughs> to this man, day they tried man they really tried to make that work and, and gosh i remember this was even before i was covering the mavericks but uh, i was a i was just went to a game as a fan and rajon rondo and they were playing the raptors i think and rondo and rick carla got into it so bad that rondo left the floor just completely left during the third quarter of the game and didn't come back and I just kept looking, like, did he get injured? What happened? And, and I was checking Twitter, and he had this huge spat with him. And it was a mess, man. That whole thing was terrible. Yeah. But, um, you know, looking at the team now, you've got some great – there's great young pieces in place with Dennis Smith. Uh, Harrison Barnes still relatively young. you got Luka Doncic. Um, I think the Mavericks are, are getting there. I don't know if I, – I, I, it's hard for me to say playoffs this year, but – 
they're getting there. Um, you know, we talked about Dennis Smith. What do you think this upcoming season we can expect out of him, especially now that he's going to have a new uh, a new partner to pass to in Luka Doncic? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. He's going to be asked to play off the ball a little bit more than he, even he did last year. He's going to be playing with Luka a lot. I think he's going to benefit for sure from Luka's passing ability and him, Luka being able to set up Dennis with some wide-open catch-and-shoot threes. He was good at catch-and-shoot threes, but off the dribble he was really shaky, uh, and that's kind of why his three-point percentage was, was way down. But I expect him his efficiency numbers to go up, but maybe like his counting stats go down, maybe uh, you know less less points, assists, and things like that because he's going to be playing off the ball and have a, have a different role. Uh, he had one of the highest usage percentages in the NBA last year, and so his, his opportunities last year were just sky high. He had all the opportunities to, you know, to mess up, to, you know, to shoot, to, you know, to do all these kinds of things. And that's going to go down a little bit, uh, but they still love Dennis. They still think he's a, you know, for sure a core piece going forward. And we've seen these multi ball handler offenses succeed with the Warriors and the Rockets and it can work. Uh, I don't think the Mavericks will succeed at that level for sure. But, um, but yeah, they, it can definitely work with, with two guys trying to handle the ball in that way. And so I expect Dennis's efficiency to go up and then maybe his uh, you know stats maybe to go down just a little bit from last year. One guy I really wanted to ask you about was uh, Wes Matthews. He's been kind of a, uh, a hit-or-miss guy in Dallas. Uh, was really more reliable in Portland, in, in my opinion. But uh, then again, I'm not the, the Mavs expert. So uh, what, what would you say about Wes Matthews in terms of his stint there and now what is anticipated from him? in the Mavericks organization. Yeah, it's been hard to try to evaluate Wes because, of, you know, coming off of the Achilles injury, you know, when he first signed with the Mavericks, he signed that that normal deal with the Mavericks when they thought they were going to get DeAndre Jordan. And then when DeAndre Jordan reneged on his, you know, deal when he turned it down and went back to the Clippers, they upped Wes Matthews' deal by like $13 million or something like that. And so he's now looked at with these, you know, this different point of view because his contract is so much more than what they would have signed him, which was market value at the time, but they gave him more money because he said he was going to stay with the Mavericks. And Mavericks were trying to, you know, have other teams look at them and say, you know, oh, they value players and they're a team-friendly organization and things like that when they when they do things like that. So, um, so Wes Matthews is, you know, looked at as, you know, he was expected to come in and be this three and D guy, and he's done that. He's he shot very well from three, not as well as he did from you know in Portland or even in Utah when he first started out. But um, still a three and D kind of guy. He's lost some explosiveness. I think uh, not this past year, but the year before, he had less dunks than Dirk Nowitzki had. Wow, <laughs> which is kind wow. of amazing. It's kind of amazing to think about. Uh, but he just it doesn't he doesn't have the explosiveness. Now he can still dunk. It's not like he can't anymore. But he oh, just yeah. doesn't have that kind of game. You know, uh, Mavs fans cringe literally every time he has the ball and he does something other than shoot. Because when he starts dribbling, he starts getting into the lane. He causes some tur- he causes turnovers and uh, you know and shoots wild shots at the basket. And, and Mavs fans just completely cringe up when that happens. I'm sure you're you're you know. Your background guy knows exactly what that is like when Wes Matthews handles the ball, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he, so his role he definitely does. <laughs> his role will hopefully uh, turn into more of what he needs to be in that three and D kind of role. Um, he could be traded as well. They've tried to trade in the last couple of years. They've at least explored the options of him uh, being traded at the trade deadline last year and then through the summer. 
So he could still be on the Mavericks, but what we don't know. He's kind of one of their only true wing-type players that they have on the roster still. Um, counting Harrison Barnes and Luka Doncic, they'll play a lot of four this year uh, and a lot of three as well. Okay. Uh, looking at the Mavs roster, you know, there's a lot of players here. Who's a guy that you think is going to get some playing time this year? Uh, a guy that we don't talk – you know, we talk about the, the Doncic and Dennis Smith, Wes Matthews, DeAndre Jordan. Who's a guy that's going to get some minutes here that people are probably not counting on or not – uh, taking into um, effect now that we'll see next season that uh, is going to turn some heads, maybe a, a sleeper for the team, if you will? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, a sleeper for this Mavericks team, a guy that maybe nobody even knows about, is this guy Ryan Brokaw. He's coming in from Australia. He's played in the Australian national team, um, and he is just a lights-out three-point shooter. The last couple of years playing over in Europe, he shot 50%, 44%, 43%. Uh, 50% and 42% from three. <laughs> wow. <laughs> in, uh, in, you know, tournaments and Euro cup and, and, and during their season. So the guy just is lights out from three. It's going to be a little bit of a you know, learning curve coming over from the international game to the NBA. Cause the, the three point line takes a step back in the NBA, but I think he's going to come in and be a lights out shooter. He's going to be playing with Luka Doncic and Dennis Smith Jr. And JJ, probably a lot with De- with JJ Bray and Devin Harris guys that are, are good at setting up players, you know, like Ryan Brokoff. It worked extremely well with Doug McDermott last year. Uh, Doug McDermott shot 50% from three when he played for the Mavericks last year, um, which is something a lot of people don't really realize. They, they knew he was a good shooter, but when he comes into that, this kind of system, when Carlisle always has two guys that can handle the ball on the floor at all times, you're going to be able to, you know, you need some of these guys that can convert on some of these, you know, uh, these plays. And Ryan Brokoff is a guy that will probably fit into that Doug McDermott role and probably do it really well. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a name that I didn't expect to hear. Uh, that's actually a name I've never heard before, so I'm going to check him out. I appreciate <laughs> that insight. Um, the Mavs also in the draft, they they were able to make a trade. They get Mr. Irrelevant in the draft, but he's hardly irrelevant based on his name. Costas and Antetokounmpo, uh, Greek Freak's little brother. Uh, the Mavs get him in a trade with the Sixers. Uh is there any likelihood that he makes the team, the roster, or is he looking like he's going to be a D-League player, or is there anything we can expect out of him? Yeah, he's, he's going to be a two-way player. They've already signed him to that kind of contract, and so he's going to be one of those players that can come up and down between the G League, the Texas Legends, and to the NBA, but I don't think it'll be very often because he, he's bigger than his brother coming into the NBA. He's a little bit older than his brother when he first came into the NBA, and so he, he's definitely a center to me. I think he can develop maybe into a four, but he just doesn't have the offensive ability to put, you know, to be as versatile as you want a four in the NBA to be right now. And so he's going to be a five probably. He's probably got a little bit to grow <laughs> uh, seeing how his brother grew when he came into the NBA. And uh, so he's going to be playing with, um, you know, the Texas legends a lot. And the, the Mavericks have a ton of centers. They have DeAndre Jordan going to eat up a ton of minutes. Dwight Powell, you mentioned earlier. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki's going to play five. They still have solid measure on the roster, and Maxi Kleba as well. They have all these guys that are, you know, going to be playing some minutes at the five. And so I don't think Costas really fits into that as well, uh, or fits into that really at all in the NBA. We could see him play towards the end of the season. Uh, I don't know if you remember a guy, Jonathan Motley, that now plays for the Clippers on a two-way deal. But yeah, yeah. The Mavericks had 
the Mavericks had him all last year on this two-way deal, and everybody, all the Mavericks fans were like, when is Motley going to get his chance? He's tearing up the D-League, or he's tearing up the G-League, and he's doing all this stuff, and uh, he finally got his chance the last five games of the season, and he played fairly well, but he, you know, it didn't work out for him with the Mavericks, and they brought in Costas and replaced him pretty much. So he might get that kind of a role. Um, you know, the last yeah. 10 games or so of the season, they bring him in. It would be nice to at least see him come in at the end of the season, depending on when the Mavs play the Bucks, and just let him let him go up against his brother one time. I think that would be fun to watch. His brother would probably take him to school, but it would be fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe you should go out and sign up Adius, too. They play the Bucks in Milwaukee on January 21st, and they play them at home uh, Friday, February 8th. So that that might be late enough in the season to where the Mavericks are eliminated, and <laughs> could be hey, could be February eighth. I think that would be fun. Let Costas try to guard Giannis. Let's see, uh, and I guarantee he'll be motivated. <laughs> he will be motivated. But uh, one last question, Nick, and then I'll let you go. Um, the Mavericks season this year. Should we expect more of the same? Should we expect some improvement? Uh, are you? Are you thinking playoffs? Because we had a Grizzlies guy on a few weeks ago. He said they have every right to try to be in the playoffs this year. He's thinking they can make it. Of course, you said he was wearing, you know, Grizzlies colored glasses. What What do you say about the Mavericks? Do you see playoffs, or are you, are you thinking something a little less? Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, little something. Well, I'll just say a little less uh, reaching for less the stars. flattering. Yeah, flattering. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Grizzlies color glasses to me sound terrible. Like, how do you even see anything? I'm not sure how he's looking for that. But um, the Grizzlies are so interesting to me. I, I they could they could make the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised. I picked them last year to make the playoffs, but they, I mean, Mike Conley, they're so dependent on him. And then uh, they signed Chandler Bars into that deal, and it's, just, it's so awful, man. The, the Mavericks really definitely lucked out with that one and not picking him. And and it's probably why the Mavericks didn't pick him. They, their training staff knew what was going on with his knees and everything. But with the Mavericks, I think uh, I think a lofty goal for them is, is 500, you know, 41 and 41. That's what I think they'll end up being. I think Luka Doncic will come in and be an impact right away. I think DeAndre Jordan fills a hold this team hasn't had, you know, in, gosh, three or five, you know, five, to three or five years maybe, you know, with Tyson Chandler. Uh, they just haven't had a guy that can defend and can rebound like DeAndre Jordan can. And so filling that void, adding some talent in Luka Doncic and, uh, you know, another year of development from Harrison Barnes, another year of development from Dwight Powell and and Dennis Jr. for sure. With the veterans that they added, uh, I think that they'll improve a lot. They also don't have an incentive to tank anymore unless they, they sustain some terrible injuries where they're in the, in that bottom five, they're not going to be able to retain their pick. Uh, The lottery odds changed this year. And so that kind of um, doesn't, it doesn't help them a ton. Uh, if they ended up tanking um, because the, the the odds are now kind of more spread out. So they wouldn't be getting, they wouldn't get a guaranteed top five pick, I think, unless they were in the top one or two. Uh, and so they don't really have an incentive to tank because their pick is going to go to Atlanta. And so they won't be tanking. Mark Cuban's been very vocal that they won't be tanking. They'll try to make a run. And they really want to make a run for Dirk too. I mean, we're bringing this full circle that, you know, they want to be able to give Dirk a, a good, maybe his last season. We're not sure. He still has, left the door open to whether he'll come back next season or not, but they want to send Dirk off for the good season. And it might be this one. This might, this could be his last. So they're going to, they're going to make a run for it. I don't think they'll make it as far as the maps think they will, but um, 
Yeah, if, if all things go right, if Luka is as good as I think he's going to be, they could make the playoffs. It's definitely possible. So would you go ahead and say really, really incredibly stupid early prediction, not a, not a stupid prediction, but a stupid early prediction, Luka Doncic, Rookie of the Year, you going to go ahead and call that? Wow, that is, that is the least stupid prediction I could make, especially as a – No, no, I'm not saying the prediction is stupid. Oh, I'm just sure. saying it's, it's really <laughs> early, stupid early prediction. So it's like, yeah, man, I don't even, the season hasn't even tipped. I don't even think it's ridiculous. I think he's he's a, a favorite to win rookie of the year right now. I think he's going to have the ball in his hands enough that we'll uh, – I think some of these centers are really going to struggle. I think Aiton's going to struggle. How, I mean, who's passing the ball? They don't even know who the point guard is. It could be Brandon Knight. Uh, Tyler Ulysses they got rid of, and they have Devin Booker, who's, a, who's learning sort of how to be that playmaker, but they don't really have a guy that can you know get him the ball. Um, Marvin Bagley, I'm very wary of what he's going to be able to do in Sacramento. They have a lot of bigs on that team that are going to be vying for a lot of minutes, and so he could be buried on the roster, you know, with Harry Giles coming off. Uh, you know, this will be his rookie year, too, so you have two guys that are, are vying for that rookie of the year, potentially. Um, Trey Young is you know, going to rise and fall in his three-point percentage. Um, yeah. And then I, I'm not sure who else is, you know, up for it. Jaron Jackson, I guess, if they make a playoff run and he's, you know, good enough and he's playing enough minutes. But if they make a playoff run, he's probably not playing enough minutes, you know, to be able to get rookie of the year. So Luka, to me, is the, the odds-on favorite. And I think Vegas agrees with me and ESPN agrees with me. And those are smart enough people that I, I think I'm in good company. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, if I had to go pick right now, <laughs> pick Luka would be the guy to win it. Um, but, you know, this is coming from a guy here. So don't ever think a prediction is stupid. I, I don't. Any prediction can be stupid. I predict the Nuggets this season will be – ranked higher in the playoffs than the Lakers. And I also predict the Chicago Bulls will make the playoffs. So those are considered wow. crazy predictions, but I'm going with them. Wow. That Bulls one is, that is gutsy for sure. Hey, I'm you telling think, you, uh, if they play, stay, and I'm hedging the bet, I'm hedging it by saying if they stay healthy, if that team stays healthy, they'll make the playoffs in the East this season. Yeah. They won't win, but they'll make well, the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, they might not have to win. They make the playoffs in the East this year. <laughs> well, Nick, thanks for jumping on with me, giving me so much of your time. Uh, why don't you let our listeners know where they can find you at on Twitter and keep up with you? Yeah, you can follow me at Nick Van Exit. Uh, it's a pun on Nick Van Exel's name. And, uh, I, I, lo- I love that. Twitter. I absolutely love it. It's amazing. <laughs> Well, Nick Van Exel didn't like it because he blocked me, and I've never tweeted at him. So I'm not <laughs> sure why he didn't like it. Um, you know, we've had you as Nick Van Exel, and we had a um, a guy on earlier in the season. Uh, he was snotty dripping. So oh yeah, James was... Holis. Oh, you know him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Uh, so yeah, that's my Twitter handle. You can also follow at LockedOnMavs on Twitter. Um, I have the Lockdown Mavericks podcast. We're doing three days a week right now, and then uh, after a couple weeks, we'll do we'll go back to, to the daily Lockdown Network you know format where we go every single day. So Monday through Friday, we'll have a podcast. Uh, I also write for Mavs Moneyball, and I'm also starting this new thing where I do a uh, a uh, Twitch live stream. I'm doing an NBA show where I just live stream and have people in the chat. Uh, we talk about basketball, talk about hoops, talk about what's going on, you know, in the NBA. So check that out. It's Nick Van Exit on Twitch. You can go follow that. Yeah, I think I'm going to create a uh, a new account and call it uh, Keith Van Corn. I think that's what I'm going to call it. Corn with a K, K, like the band, too. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Feeling like a freak with long socks. But uh, thanks again, <laughs> Nick, for getting on with us. Uh, we hope to have you back sooner rather than later, man. Thank you so much. No problem. Nick Angstead, thank you so much for joining me talking a little Mavericks TR. That was our Mavericks guy. What a great guy. Thanks for coming on. Nick Van Exit. Check him out. Yeah, he's a cool dude, man. He, uh, you know, he's, uh, sounds like he'll likely be with us during the season. Seems like one of our, our type of fellows. Yeah, a really nice guy, and I can't wait to have him back. Uh, Want to uh, send uh, Naj called while that interview was playing. So Naj, hopefully we get get in touch with Naj next week. I talked to him for a minute, but uh, he had to hop off. So Naj, if you're listening, buddy, we'll, we'll get you back next week. Uh, Want to thank everybody for listening to Wide Men Can't Jump. Really appreciate it. Uh, two things before we go, Tr. Two things. Uh, Brittany Griner has challenged Demarcus Cousins to a game of one on one. I assume when he's healthy. Uh, she thinks she can beat him at a game of one-on-one. DeMarcus Cousins called her, and I quote, delusional. <laughs> and, That's a cool uh, name. I, I never gotta, heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i got to agree with DeMarcus. Uh, definitely delusional. She thinks she can beat him. Uh, he, he would – I mean, a healthy DeMarcus Cousins, honestly – you know, it's 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 in vogue right now with the women's movement, and she's a fantastic oh, athlete fantastic player, player. Uh, just incredible. But he would, if he seriously put 100% effort and treated her as his equal and bulled her down low and so forth, Yeah, uh, I don't even think she'd score. I mean, you may be able to get uh... – you may be able to beat him in a game of 2K if you try hard. Uh, I mean, you'd have to give it everything you got. I'll give it. I'll give you that. But uh, uh, you could maybe take old uh, Durko Johnson. You could probably beat him. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a better pronunciation, Dicky. Uh, now I forget his name. Darky. I do too. I, Darky. Darky Johnson. Darky Johnson. He can probably beat Darky Johnson or whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> He's going to end up being a guest on this show and just like ream us a new asshole is all that's going to That's all right. Controversy equals cash. It does. Uh, I want to run this by you. So since the Cavaliers, since the Kyrie Irving trade, Listen to the roster with Kyrie Irving's last game with the Cavs, and here's the departures. Or here's the roster. LeBron, Kyrie, J.R. Smith, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, Kyle Corver, Richard Jefferson, Darren Williams, Amon Shumpert, Derek Williams, Dante Jones, James Fry, James Jones, Channing Fry. Here's the players that are still left on the team after, since Kyrie got traded. J.R. Smith, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, Kyle Corver, and Channing Fry had come has come back. Other people they've lost since that trade. Jeff Green, Jose Calderon, Jay Crowder, Dwayne Wade, Derek Rose, Isaiah Thomas, Rodney Hood. London Pantrius and Kendrick Perkins. So yeah, <laughs> there's been a cast of characters roll through Cleveland since that trade uh, happened. Insane. Go Browns! <laughs> to the fans, to the fans of Cleveland. 
that you know you had you had that magical couple of years now uh focus on the other sports i guess you're gonna have to uh but uh we do want to thank you guys for listening to why men can jump uh sorry this episode's getting out to you a little late but tr and i wanted to coordinate schedules to get him back on hope you guys enjoyed this episode uh, I had a good time, TR. It's great to have you back co-hosting with me. It's been fun tonight, dude. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, uh, you know, we're, we're by the by the season football, we will absolutely be setting concrete some some sort of a regular schedule. So, you know, yeah. it's it's the off season, but we're still landing killer guests. We're still the best show in the world, other than the. Uh, a couple audio uh, flubs here and there and a couple mispronounced uh, or misstated uh, old sayings on my behalf, whatever the case may be. Mispronounced um, names on my behalf tonight. When when the uh, fall and winter are the seasons of TR, and I'm not saying that in the uh, future tone, although that will happen, uh, I'm saying that just in the 48 years of my existence, I am, uh, when it's cold, I'm good, man. And, uh, I so you're can't wait to come till, winter, uh, winter is coming. <laughs> winter's coming. Of, and, but I'm, did I miss something? Game, I'm sorry. Yeah. Game of Thrones reference. Oh, I never watched one episode, believe it or not, but well, that'll I be another show. Topic. Oh, definitely. Um, but yeah, uh, Fall and winter with uh, with football, with college football, college basketball, pro football, pro basketball, hockey for Tim. He sucks us into a little bit of it, and, uh, you know, it's all good. It's looking good from here. Uh, just one unrelated question, uh, because who knows when we'll talk on this level. Um, you still have DirecTV? Yeah. This is this is a total off air question, but I don't give a shit uh, okay. because I'll for, because I'll forget. Is okay. WGN on on Directv? Is it available? Because I I don't know. I have it, but I don't know if I have it. I think it's channel three hundred four or three hundred seven, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. It's one of those. Uh, that'd be that'll be great if that's correct, because then I will be all in at least in front of my television set Saturday night. Oh, are they showing it on WGN? Yeah, that's why I'm oh, asking, sir. I did not know that. I should check that yeah. out. I'm glad you let me know. Worst comes to worst, uh, they will show the replay on I think Sunday night, and it's uh, on New Japan World. And uh, if you need that account, let me know. Uh, either way, all right. But uh, anyway. We are Wide Men Can't Jump, and we are out of time as we are having personal conversations live on the show. Big shout-out to our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com and wowfreecam.com. Show our sponsors some love, and they will show us some love. So you're helping us by helping them. Go give us a five-star rating on iTunes. I've noticed that our ratings have gone up. We're now up to a 4.5 rating on iTunes, so thank you guys so much for that. We really appreciate it. And share the show. Let people know that Wide Men Can't Jump is uh, on the way here. We're on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find podcasts. We're also here at blogtalkradio.com slash Jump. Keep up with the shows this week. There's going to be a few pop-up here and there. The college football preview show with myself and John McAdam is up. TR and myself 
Um, we had the show tonight, and then I believe Tim and Tom are going to throw something together. Uh, Tim and I did a fantasy football show last week, so if you're a fantasy football fan, please check that out. It was a good time. Um, next week, we'll be back. More guests, more fun, more basketball talk. Um, we'll get with it. We'll finish up the uh, good off-season, bad off-season. And, uh, T.R., I'm going to go ahead and give you a little bit of homework for next week. Since uh, Ginobili's retiring, we're going to talk about Ginobili retiring next week. And we talked about Dirk this week. Um, next week, we will rank 10... If we if you can if you can come up with them we'll talk about it the ten best foreign basketball players of all time in that played in the well, NBA. Your interview just gave me two that I won't even have to think about, so it's only eight really. Okay, well there you go. So we're gonna do our uh, top ten to play in the NBA foreign basketball players. So we're gonna do that. That'll be fun next week. And if you have any that you want to throw in there, throw them in on Twitter. You can follow us at Wide Jump. He's at TR Shock. I'm at MMITM Nathan. Tim is at Tileman68 because he'll come to your house and he'll lay your tile on. If you're not careful, he'll lay some pipe on your lady. So be careful with him. I'm kidding. I love you. (laughs) We do thank everybody for listening in, and we hope you guys join us next time on our next episode. TR, anything you want to add? Nah, I'm I'm, I'm about ready. I'm about ready. All right. Well, for... I'm Nate, and we're going to send it over to Big TR this week. Send us home. To quote the great Darkie Johnson. Peace! Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, PodParadise, Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at WideJump. You can follow us on Instagram at WideMenCan'tJump, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash WideMenCan'tJump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, Rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump.